so. You the wizard? No, he is. <laughs> <laughs> this guy? I don't get it. Is he like a poster child for someone? <laughs> for your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Oh. Is that right? Well, let's just see how good he is then. Guys? Pick any game you want. I'm good at all of them. I have 97 of them. You know all 97 of them? they make movies about hackers, but they don't, if they're even called that anymore. But I don't think they make movies about kids playing video games as though this is somehow like an exceptional skill. I think The Wizard, I'm, I'm going out on the limb here because I might be wrong, this is the sort of thing that I sort of, sort of speak about as though I'm, you know, as though I'm an expert, and then it always, the underpinnings always just fall away. I do believe The Wizard, which would have been what, like 1993, 92? Something like that? Yeah, 90? something like 91, 92 maybe. Because I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, The Wizard featuring TV's Fred Savage. And, uh, and doesn't Kylie, he have like Jenny Lewis. And doesn't he have like a retarded brother? He has Isn't a gifted brother. brother. And, by, <laughs> and by gifted, I mean retarded. Gifted in everything but thinking. Um, the uh, I think that is the last movie about a guy who plays a video game in which the video game skill is viewed as something exceptional and not, you know, the mark of a social leper. Um, also, because I think that, and here's why I can place it as being like 1991, because I do believe that that movie, The Wizard, was famous in sort of an advanced version of, not an advanced, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an early version of my viral marketing. I'm pretty sure that The Wizard was the first appearance of Super Mario Bros. 3. I am absolutely positive it's the first appearance yeah. of Super Mario Bros. 3. And, and that was right when the Power Glove was just coming into the popularity, power glove. too. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know what? Some geeky supervillain ought to turn a power glove into an actual lethal weapon. Just wander the cities killing people with a modified Nintendo power glove. I tried to play with the power glove once, but it was too big on my hand. The and power it glove work. sucks. The power glove is retarded. Yeah. The power glove is among the worst video game accessories ever made. Here's another bad video game accessory. That stupid um, shoulder bazooka thing that they sold <laughs> for the NES. Who needed that? What about the the, um, the piece of crap gun that came with the NES system for I, Duck Hunt? I didn't leave gun. The gun worked, though. I mean, at least the gun functioned properly. Um, my gun stopped Could never shoot the dog, but the gun functioned properly. Anyway. You know, can I just tell you this? The That original, the Famcom or whatever it was, that NES system, I mean, that's almost 20 years old now, which makes me feel freaking ancient. But also this, 
I mean, I'm not like the dumbest knife in the drawer with the thing. Well, I'm just mixing all my metaphors today. I'm full of malapropisms. The dumbest knife in the drawer. I'm not the dimmest bulb in the thing, in the shed. I don't really understand how Duck Hunt works. I mean, I understand how, like, the regular video game controller for, like, Super Mario Brothers works. You know, you press left or you press the jump button. It goes to the console, goes to the TV, moves the guy. I don't really understand how the gun knows where you're aiming. I mean, I'm sure that there's some simple explanation for that, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Uh, I remember uh, talking to Bruce Agler about Duck Hunt at one point, and Bruce, who's like one of the smartest people I've ever known, even Bruce couldn't explain how Duck Hunt worked. I said, how does it know where you're pointing the gun? How does it know if you're aiming at the duck or maybe at the, like a bushel of weeds? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me, uh, before we get off onto this, let's... Oh, Six Panther. By Odeon. It's now welcome to the show, our intrepid PA, Richard Bristol. Hello, Richie. Good morning. Hey, so uh, since you inadvertently hung up on on CNN when Sarah was talking to them earlier, you get to call CNN now and book our guests. Yeah, we've got to do it immediately because I hung up on him and I haven't called him back in sure. like five minutes. Now she looks like okay, an so ass. Put all the times, so put all the times you put them in Eastern. Okay. And then so we're going to do... Steve and, Steve and Lisa. Lisa. Okay. And at the uh, the following times. All right. So that's uh, Richie Bristol. Thanks, All right. Thank you. Uh, we will be talking to Lisa Desjardins later on about Obama Nation. Um, and let's see what else. Steve Kastamon will join us to talk about the world's first beagle to win the Westminster Dog Cup. Uh, and because Richie um, inadvertently hung up on CNN and made us look bad, I'm now not going to give this to him for a while. It is a Valentine. That arrived here at the radio station addressed to Richie Bristol. It's in a pink envelope, uh, and it has it with it's an XOXO all over it. Um, in a it's in a pink envelope. It's a pink envelope with like red ink on it, with a hue. And of course, it says to Richie Bristol, uh, all three eyes dotted with hearts. Of course, uh, and even in where it says 2041st Avenue, even the first is dotted with a heart. You know who it's from? Clear Channel Six? Yes, it is. It's from that girl at Clear Channel that has a crush on him. And just, I'm, I'm just guessing here. Of course, I would never open somebody's mail unless I thought I could really get away with it. But I'm just, just judging from the feel of the envelope, there are pictures in here. What does the girl at Clear Channel do? I, you know, that's a good question. I don't really know the answer to that. What does anybody at Clear Channel do? I mean, really, honestly, pray not to be fired. <laughs> Make bitchy comments while bowling, drunk. Uh, so. Anyway, so, so I would be wrong to hold this up to the light. Oh, those are photos. Um, so if you feel this envelope oh, right here, no. here's the envelope to Richie, and then there's the Valentine's Day card. You can sort of feel, you know, the, the dimensions of the card. But then, about three inches in from the edge, it gets a little thicker there. Maybe she's a photographer of some sort. Oh, no, she is. I've seen pictures of her ass. I mean, hello, was that out loud? Yes, it was. <laughs> You've seen it too, Sarah, haven't you? No. Okay, did I not tell you the story about the Clear Channel girl and, and, and her ass? Sounds like a bad... This is the story of the Clear Channel girl and her buttocks. Well, it's too late not to tell it now. So, well, I think Richie at one point had to go over to Clear Channel to pick something up or... You know, I think he might know somebody who works there, I mean, other than her. But he, but he had to go over there and, and do something or other. And this is, I think, fairly recently. He had, he had to go over to Clear Channel, and it, he had to do something or other in the building. So he goes over there, and this girl, who we won't name, but this girl who is a who is a Clear Channel employee yet has this weird crush on Richie. I think she happened to, well, she must have been there. Um, 
And so Richie comes back to the station. The next time he's like, look what I got. And he opens up his cell phone. And on the cell phone, he's proudly displaying a picture of the girl showing her buttocks. <laughs> in, in what I do believe was like a production room. <laughs> All class. So uh, in any event. So we've got this Valentine's Day card that I'm almost certain. Here, here I'm going to hand you this. Okay. Now, don't open it, but obviously, if you feel those, obviously those are photographs. It feels like there are pictures in there to me. See how you can feel the I card? I feel it. No, no, no. You can feel Well, that's the card, though. But then, like, do this. Put your hands on either end and then slide your fingers in, and you can feel it get a little thicker as you work your way in. There's a little bump there. Okay, yeah, I feel those that. Are fo- those are photos. Maybe they're snapshots of a recent vacation. Uh-huh. Okay. And she wrote that the card in purple sparkle pen. Of course she did. She's a charming girl. Anywho, hey, it's 11 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of February, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming by and making it a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, thanks for uh, coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want, you should join us today. 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a t at 970.am. So, yeah, um, Lisa Desjardins will join us uh, today about these uh, the three wins that Obama racked up uh, last night. And I noticed, I haven't looked at the front page of the Oregonian today, but I bet it says something like, you know, it's like, Obama sweeps to victory as Hillary retools. It's a, they're always retooling. Let me look. No, nothing about Hillary there, but she's always retooling, revamping, or this. Nobody ever gets fired from a political, just like nobody, nobody quits. They suspend. Mitt Romney suspended his campaign today. Hillary Clinton never fires anybody. Instead, they're always shakeups. So there have been some shakeups in her campaign. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, we'll talk to Steve Kastamon just a little bit, just to kind of wrap up this insane dog business. Uh, let's see, Mr. Skin will join us today. We have It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard and The Best New York City Story Ever. Tim Riley, once again able to speak, pulled this for me today. This is from um, the New York Daily News, competitor of the New York Post. I'm not even going to give the headline. I'm going to make a way for this. This is the this is the best New York story ever. Only in New York. Really? Uh, here's here's I'll give you just one little phrase from the story. A police source said, "Lots of anger." Yep, this was clearly personal. Ah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, working on the following stories for your edification today. It is Tim Riley. So Barack cleans Hillary's clock. With three Potomac primary wins, Hillary pretends nothing happened and moves on to Texas. Evangelicals try to send John McCain a message. He wasn't listening. He won all three states. He doesn't need them, and neither does America. Mike Huckabee does, though. Our writers get back to work today on those TV shows, and women love men who wash dishes. Well, okay. There you go. I also noticed on Yahoo News today there was a huge study. This is one of those, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because the whole point is that it's stupid. There was this big article in front of Yahoo News today that said, study shows that men enjoy video games more than women. And you look at that and you think, like, how can I get myself some of that money? How can I get myself a job analyzing things like that? Well, everybody's been set up to come up with one Valentine's Day story. Is that what it is? Yeah. Don't get your lady a Valentine's uh, made of video games. That's, that's totally what it is. Um... Okay, somebody's trying to explain the duck hunt gun here in an email, but it, it doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, Sarah Dillon joining us today. How are you? Hello. Hi. 
I'm doing all right. Are you? Just all right? Well, it's as fun as it is for me to try and hunt you down a minute before the show starts because I don't have my CNN sheet. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I was, okay. No, no, no. I was in the uh, I was in the facilities, and I didn't realize it was like I did, I realized we were coming up on Showtime. I forgot I hadn't done the uh, hadn't done the CNN sheet. <clears throat> That's right. There was an even more embarrassing moment though. Not so much of what I did last night as to what I did like uh, 25 minutes ago. So you know we're in three different buildings here. We're the Coin Tower, and then over on Jefferson and 14th or whatever, and then here on First Avenue. So we had a meeting at the Coin Tower today that I had to be at. So I'm sitting there, and of course I'm looking at the clock and looking I at my as watch. Because every every time you're running a little bit late, it's always because of those. It's always a meeting. I so thought I'm, you didn't get invited to those anymore. Well, I don't. You know something I don't, Tim. Might have, maybe there's some spare chairs now. Wrong building. Maybe I bought new furniture. Wrong company. Oh. <laughs> well, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> you're. I'm thinking of the place that's next to the uh, spaghetti <laughs> place. Yeah. Different place. They have plenty of the spaghetti factory. The spaghetti factory, where they're always hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anywho, no, 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 no. I uh, normally the the uh, these department meetings are normally at the Kink Building, and of course Kink because they're Kink. They're in like a fortified compound a hundred miles away. Um, so those I just don't even go to because there's no way I could do it and then get back here in time for the show. So, but this was at the Coin Tower. So I'm at the Coin Tower. I finish with the meeting. I start walking back here, and this is yet another cue to point out that I'm a big fat ass. Uh, who you know, just doesn't exercise, doesn't bike, doesn't do anything but lift the fork to my mouth at this point. Um, but I'm walking back, and I, I actually had to I had to make a phone call. I was talking to somebody, actually somebody else at CNN about something. And so I, I had to call CNN because they're on East Coast time, and you got to get it done now, blah, 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 blah. So I'm walking my way from the coin tower, which is only like, what, like four blocks, maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're uphill, but not that much. I mean, it's like a small grade. So... I'm I'm on my cell phone talking to CNN, and I'm not even 30 seconds into the phone call, and I'm telling the guy, I'm like, look, I'm sorry if I sound like I'm breathing a little heavier. I'm trying to walk while I talk to you. And I realize how bad that sounds. I'm not saying, like, hey, I'm rappelling up a rock wall while I'm talking to you, or, hey, I'm I'm fighting off a many-headed hydra with a sword while I'm talking. No, I said, I'm walking while I speak. So if I sound like I'm, you know, dying, and between the clean tower and here... Walking while speaking on the phone was actually proving so difficult. I had to stop twice. Like three minutes away. I know. I had to stop twice during that phone call. Walking you make from here to me coin. so mad, and you don't gain weight. I had to. I actually had to do this where I hunched down to my knees, and it was just like a like kind of squatting down on the In sidewalk, a going position. Seriously, squatting down on my knees on the sidewalk, going. <sighs> and then the guy's like, "Are you all right?" And I said, "No, no, no. I'll be fine in a second. Hold on." It's, do you need me to call somebody? No, I'm fine. Twice. So there you go. And then I got back into the building, and I'm still, you know, ah, oh, wow. Oh, man. Boy, what a walk. Okay, I got to go, dude. <laughs> Seeing dead relatives. Anyway. So there you go. <laughs> so if you ever feel bad about your uh, your physical situation, don't. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, all right. So we're, we have Lisa and Steve at those times. Yes, both. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, Richie. Just for that. Now, do we want to make Richie open the Valentine in here? Of course. Richie, please come in here and open this Valentine. I won't bother with you with the sounder again. I'm looking for spelling errors because it's what I do. Now everything appears to be spelled correctly. Richie Bristol. All right, here he comes. All right. So um, I'm looking at this uh, <laughs> this Valentine that has arrived for you in the mail. You now have to open that in here. Oh, no. 
Come on, it's going to be great. Oh, no. I don't know what to say. What did you do? Now, let me ask you this. First of all, that picture of her buttocks, uh-huh. was that taken inside Clear Channel? Yeah, under a surveillance camera, I find out. Excellent. Well, how, how nice for her. Oh. <laughs> uh? Well, you well, you got the cologne oh. heavy again today. All right, what did she send you? <clears throat> stickers. She just sent you stickers from the radio stations for which she works. Three different stations. So they weren't photos, they were radio station oh, stickers. That's, that's what every guy here wants for uh, Valentine's Day. Some stickers from K103. I've never heard of any of those stations. No. No, but apparently they're all in HD. So you can continue to ignore them in two different ways. You can... Make sure you don't buy an <laughs> HD radio. <laughs> Oh, Richie, how many sports did you put on today? Can I you do two one. again? One. Can one. I re- please, can I read the Valentine card from her? Uh, sure. Do you mind? Uh, All right. Oh, me too. A Valentine poem for you. And there's a picture of a cartoon dog. Our love is like a... What? Is this clean? Can I read this? All right. This is, this is what the woman at Clear Channel sent Richie for Valentine's Day. A Valentine's poem for you. Our love is like a summer day. All full of warmth and light. Richie. This is not me saying this, by the way. Our love is like a babbling brook. All soggy. What a sexy word that is at first sight. Our love is like a noble cause. It's well worth fighting for. Our love... She, you know, this is a little creepy, Richie. Uh, our love is like a bag of chips. You just keep wanting more. Mm-hmm. Did she write this? No. Oh. But she did pick this. Out of the many thousands of cards on the shelf, she did say, this is the one that really expresses... the word soggy on the front. <laughs> Our love is moist and squishy. <laughs> Our love is like a lot of things. I'll happily admit it. As for me, I'm... All right, everybody just brace. Are you ready? Are you bracing yourself? Everybody, are you sort of buckled in for yeah. this? Yes. The Valentine's Day card, uh, and this is the pre-written portion. Our love is like a lot of things, I'll happily admit it. But as for me, I'm tired of rhymes. I'd rather that we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm take today off. <laughs> and, uh, and then they note, oh, they note no. come see us soon. No, I'm sorry, come see me soon. We miss you at the station. Clear Channel misses you, Richie. Great. There you go. Wonderful. They don't want you to work there. They just miss you. They'd but like you to go by and do some work for free. There's nothing uh, There's nothing alluring in there. Uh, so this photo that you took, let me ask you this. I, I have to pursue this just a little further before we go. So, so you came back to work that day not too long ago, and you showed me this photo on your cell phone that was of her, like, with her pants down. Uh-huh. So that was taken at Clear Channel, like, near a surveillance camera? Yeah. Was that part of the thrill for her? Did she not know the camera was we there? Is that the reception there. desk? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't um, know Whose there. idea was that? Well, it just, you know. So please don't say <laughs> it just happened. Well, it did. I can guarantee you Sarah could have a, a conversation of infinite yeah. length with somebody, and at no point would she decide to pull down her pants <laughs> so that a photo could be taken of her butt. So don't say that it just... You know how these things happen, Rick. No. No, I don't. I think I speak for all of us. So was it your idea or her idea? Well, I saw... You know how you see the end of their underwear on the side, kind of like... Sarah? Who's there? You know, you can see... The end of their underwear. Girl. I'm trying to find her damn picture. Are you talking about when a... Like like thong underwear, you can see the side strap or something? Yeah. 
All right. And I commented about it. And I'm like, what did you? What was your? What comment? did you? What was your comment? Oh, look at that! <laughs> Why? What have we I here? Said, oh, look at that! Yes, that's something. And the porn music swell. <laughs> really? <laughs> Don't say swell. <laughs> you know, you're a regular Clinton. Okay. So, and then you point out her underwear, and then what happens? She goes, look, they're in the back, and then in the front, and then. Okay, but wow, her underwear in the front I and the back. I took out my camera. I'm Couldn't here. you figure that out without having her take her pants off? I, again, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just curious. But at some point. Look, even if girls are wearing whatever the, the high, you know, the low-rise jeans, you know, you can see the underwear. And, and that, that is, there's that. That's an A. And then down at like Q is like, here I have pulled down my pants and underwear for you to take a photograph of. Wait, her underwear too? Oh no, oh, it's her ass. Three. Oh no, nah, that's no. Nah, I look unless it's really tiny. It is. It's hidden. But you know what? But, <laughs> look, can I say that that's a false distinction? Because looking at the photograph, it looked like she had pulled everything down. So the fact that she can say, I had a G-string on still, like that Where is such a it? false distinction. Uh, this is in the office. In the like, upstairs. was it in a production room or in a sales office? Or like a closet. <laughs> there, there, there was, like, is she going to get in trouble stuff. for you talking about this? Well, you know, she already called up multiple times and identified herself as working at Clear Channel. So That's true. I mean, <laughs> that, that ship has sailed by her own hand. So, all right. Um, okay. I, I guess I really don't have anything else to say there. All right. Cool. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. That's tomorrow. I think today is today Black Love Day. <gasps> Tim, is. is that today or is it Friday? No, I, I think it is today. Tim, do you have any sound bites? Not about Black Love Day. That's too bad. Somebody sent Sarah a Black Love Day present, and I'm not well, making that up. Let me find out more here. Someone no. sent you a Black Love Day present, Sarah. Yay. All right. Let's get some of these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Ford. How's it hanging? Hey, what's hey. up? Hey, I just wanted to let you know you're not as dumb as you think you are. That's such a relative statement. Okay. Well, going back to your um, couple weeks, to your inability to comprehend elevation. Yeah. Uh, sea level is not always constant. Cause the Panama Canal has to be built in stages because one side is like 100 feet higher than the other. You know, that kind of stuff weirds me out sometimes. Here's another thing about sea level. Do you ever look at like a dam and you don't understand, like, uh, uh, if you look at a dam, on one side of it seems to be this infinite body of water, just a huge river or lake or ocean or whatever. And then there's the dam, and then there's just, like, some little jets of water coming through. But on the other side, the sea level is much lower. And you, do you ever ask yourself, like, why isn't the water just pouring over the top of the dam? Uh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right? it, it is Black Love Day. It is. Yeah. Excellent. No, that's black. A plan, black. A canal. Panama. <laughs> Thank you. It is um, it is Black Love Day. Love Day. Wait, I should find. It is some... Black Love Day. I can find some appropriate music. I like on. Black Love Day more than that. It's a celebration Day. of all black relationships, from self love <laughs> to love for the family to love for the community really? and the race. Yeah. So we are celebrating black self love. If that's necessary. Oh wait, do you mean self love or self love? I think no, it means like love yourself. Yeah, that that doesn't really clarify things for me. <laughs> Wait, uh, what should we be playing? It seems like there should be some song. I know that we're the least qualified people in the world to, to judge that. I can't just play sexual healing again. I did that yesterday. Uh, well, you guys think of a song to play into the break, uh, and then we'll, we'll break here in a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Um, is Richie's boorish Clear Channel Lady the same as Sarah's boorish Clear Channel Lady from the bowling night? No, 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 no. I saw 
the boorish, uh, the woman that was all bitchy and drunk uh, to Sarah uh, last week, two weeks ago. I saw her last night. Different woman. Okay, because I mean, it seems like they have a plethora of boorish ladies over there. Well, I did see the lady last night though, and she was drinking up a storm again. I swear <laughs> she had a pitcher in one hand and like her pint glass in the other, and she would just like take a huge swig and pour more from the pitcher, right. staggering around. Hi, right, much black love to you, folks. All right, thank you, sir. All right. Drinking up a storm, huh? Am I supposed to be finding it? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. No, I got something. Hey, everybody. What's up? Um, so, Duck Hunt Gun, I actually emailed Nintendo a while back because I was curious as to how it works. The, the Duck Hunt Gun. How does it work, sir? Okay, so if you shoot it, then um, the screen flashes. So, what it's actually doing is divide it into a grid and putting a different color on each square. And then the uh, gun reads the color and decides whether or not you hit the duck. But how does that the gun so cool. read the color, though? In other words, so does, does something have to bounce back into the barrel of the gun from the TV? Yes. Yeah, it's got a little light sensor. Interesting. And so it'll send it through the cord back to the NES. Okay, excellent. All right, thank you, my friend. Yeah, have a good day. Fantastic. There you go. Um, also, this. I got two things. I got a question and I got uh, an observation. Which do you want? Then we got a break. I like both. <clears throat> should do observation because it's shorter. Because we have to break here. Uh, Timmy Ryan came rushing. Remember, he came in yesterday and he's like, dude, I've got the best liner ever. I remember. I do remember that. And he yeah. put it down. He slapped it down with authority in the counter. Best liner ever, dude, and it's clean. This will mean nothing to Sarah. But, Tim, guess uh, what this liner is? It is a liner by the guy from Sniff and the Tears. I'm not familiar with him. You don't know Sniff and the Tears? I don't believe so. Boy, if only Scotty J were here. It's the last time I'm Sniff ever going to say tears? that. Sniff and the Tears? It's a band. And the tears. Well, never mind. All right. Uh, okay, I've got a little something to play here. Um, there you go. Fantastic. Back after this on Black Love Day on the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back celebrating more Black Love right here on this blackest and lovingest of days. Come on. All right, stay there. Oh, I totally, hold on. I failed to, uh, this is my fault. All right, you ready? Can you throw it to me over here? There we go. Sorry about that. Slow on the draw. Why? Hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program celebrating Black Love Day. All across this fine country. Because Black Love Day is for everybody. See... I don't understand how that's possible. Let me read you from the Black Love Day That's like saying black power is for everybody. It says, Black Love Day is not something for African Americans only. Oh, no. All are encouraged to consider this celebration. To consider, not to take part in. So I can consider Black Love Day. We're chosen to consider to celebrate. So I'm considering that, yes, I would like to celebrate Black Love Day. So you're supposed to weigh whether or not to celebrate Black Love Day. Don't you feel, then, that calling it Black Love Day is just misleading? I mean, it just sort of gives a false... Uh, indication, I think, then. I mean, obviously... Tim, 
Tim was pointing out that otherwise it just becomes too... It ought to be Love Day because otherwise then it's too complex. Then there's sort of Coco, Coco Brown Love Day and White Love Day. And White Love Day sounds perverse, by the way. Yeah, White Love Day sounds terrible. Let's go give, go give your baby some white love. Yeah. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN radio correspondent, one and only Lisa Desjardins. Hello there, and happy Black Love Day to you. I didn't know about this. I, I'm loving Black Love Day. <laughs> well, who? That's they, every day is Black Love Day on the Rick Emerson Show, really, to one degree or another. But today is Black Love Day, so pleased to be sharing it with you and yours. That's fantastic. I, I will spread the message. As soon as we get off the phone. <laughs> Just run up and down the hallways, embracing all that you see. Um, no, we uh, we were in first... Is it an appropriate greeting? Do you, can you go around saying, I love black people? Like, is it, like what do you what do? You do? I don't really know. Um, the See, but that's a question. Is it now... I could it, let you know some of the principles of black love well, day. Well, because that, because she raises a valid point, which is, is... Because when you first hear black love day, you think, okay, well, this is love uh, uh, intra-community. Or inter, I can never really tell the difference, but you know, within the black community, Intra, yep, yep, black on black love, one might say. Right. Um, but then, well, black love doesn't necessarily have to be black on black love. Right. Sounds like you're saying black on black glove. Uh, the, but, or is it love directed at the black community by whoever, for example, by the Rick Emerson program? I really don't know the. Do you, I think that's right. I think that fits. I think very. I think you got to go with the global definition on Sarah, anything. Is, Blank is it, love. Is this like good. a Kwanzaa thing where there's like nine different principles I got to memorize? Though what no, is, there there are what some do we have? pledges. Well, they have objectives. There are three objectives, and then there are pledges. You know, to show love for yourself, to forgive myself for past acts of unloving behavior, and move on. Show love for your family, community, your race. Um, to develop moral principles to stand for. Um, this sounds very Kwanzaa-like to me. No, okay, so uh, Black Love Day that... is held on the 13th. It's a commemorative holiday or holy day of observation, or observance, celebration, reconciliation, forgiveness, atonement, and demonstration of love within and for the black community. Mm, okay, I was just, Why can't see, we love the black community? No, 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 but see, I can't atone for the black community, obviously. Oh, that's that's not a thing I can do. It's not like I can, uh, I, just, I, I can't, it seems like there should be some pop culture reference I can make there. No, I got nothing. Uh, Could you atone for any... Uh, uh, past, uh, let's say, uh, d regrets that you personally, Rick Emerson, have? Anything I have visited upon the black community? Yes. Really, I think all of my uh, sins and transgressions just visited on humans as a whole. Really, <laughs> just on the world. So, And I can't. it's not like I can really atone for Idi Amin or something. So I can't, you know, there's no... I don't really know that I'm able to do that. I, uh... All right. I uh, I got nothing. It's really all I can do to, to atone for all the crap that we do here, like, every day. I got nothing. All right. Well, I guess then the goal here, uh, Lisa, is just to uh, find one's own way to uh, to celebrate Black Love Day. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have we just wandered into the weeds? Have we just wandered into the tall grass? Oh, wait. Hold on a second. If, if I may interrupt you for just one second, Lisa. We have uh, someone who wants to join us here. Now, now Lisa, you will know... Uh, this this caller, uh, probably not personally, but you will know him as uh, the man who brought you vodka when you oh and Rupert were in gosh. Vegas. All right, let's welcome our good friend Lowe to the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, sir, and happy Black Love Day to ye. Well, hello there, Tim, Rick, uh, Lisa, and uh, Baby Buns. Hi. I'm so glad to talk to you. I I I, uh, I I did have a lot of love for you well, in Las Vegas. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the, the, the alcohol in, in, in my... Uh, 
secret spy attempt to get it in there unnoticed. Apparently it was very difficult. I guess there were like a lot of hoops you had to jump through to get the guy oh, to even man. take the booze. They were not celebrating Black Love Day. No, they weren't. It was like, they weren't. They, they, wouldn't, wouldn't you go in and they I need to leave this package? And the guy's, no. I mean, it, apparently it was all very <laughs> difficult. Shouldn't be that difficult in America to give alcohol to somebody. No, it, it is when you're cursed with dark skin. <laughs> when you're, I'd like to give, I'd like to give you something for free, and they won't even take it. Yeah, no, that is wrong. Let me tell you, it it me. brought me great joy. So excellent, excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm so it was thrilled it. you liked it. How, how can we help you today, sir? Well, I I, I just got word that someone was requesting uh, black love, so I figured I would uh, offer your services. Well, of course. So just keep you in, keep you in the bullpen, you it's, know. It's it's the least I could do on Black Love Day. <laughs> You give, sir. That's that's really what makes you stand apart. You give and you keep giving. I am very generous, and especially on Black Love Day. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll put your number in the Rolodex, and uh, we'll have a queue form here to the right, sir. And I have lots of black love for all of you. Uh, okay, this is officially creepy now. So, all right. Thank you, brother. Later. All right, there you go. That's uh, our good friend, Lo. All right, then. You have to admit right now, Lisa, that you really, good, bad, and different, you've really never, ever taken part in a radio program that's quite like this one. No, no, I have not. Uh, I don't even have the CNN prep sheet in front of me here, so we'll just talk a little bit about... Um... Steroids? <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit of an inside joke, uh, because every single day in Atlanta, there's like Amanda Moyer or somebody, or Ed McCarthy is busy talking about some guy jacking himself with a human growth hormone or something. Oh, really? Hey. No, I thought I thought you were making a little bit of an inside Girl, joke Amanda, there. She gets, I wait, you know what? That's the sad thing is I wasn't joking. Right here. Here we go. Oh, oh, wait, you are talking about steroids today. I am, as a matter of fact, talking about steroids. Wow, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't have the prep sheet, and so I figured that was a... Yeah, because every time that Amanda is on there, it's like she gets saddled with whatever today's horrific sports uh, scandal is. Animals, um, steroids, yes. Jesus. Um, well, all I know uh, about this is that Roger Clemens... And Brian, was it McNamee? McNamee. <laughs> McNamee. I, I love you're such a, a sports neophyte. I, really, that doesn't even begin to do it justice. It's like, but it, 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 the, the section of my brain that most guys have for sports is really like one of those clean rooms where they make microchips. I mean, it's just empty. It is devoid of anything. It is, it is, it's a white hole. Um, anyway, well, one of them is going to go to jail at some point, right? Because it's like a he said, he said thing, and they're both under oath. They've gone so far into their respective stories now, they can't, neither of them can change up or back out without committing perjury. So somebody's going to get hosed at some point, you would think. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I think I think we have a sort of bizarre stalemate. I've never seen a congressional hearing like this where... You have two completely opposite stories. It's it's clear as day that one of these two men is lying. You have Brian McNamee say right off the bat, I injected steroids and hormones in that man's body. And then Roger Clemens say, that's not true at all. Well, and doesn't the guy have like a big bag of bloody syringes and towels or something? He does have a bag of, of, of syringes and gauze. A lot of, uh, probably highest usage of the word gauze ever in a congressional hearing. <laughs> probably after World War One anyway. But it was, it was very clear that Brian McNamee saved this stuff for years because he was worried that, uh, 
he he says he was worried. We don't know why he was worried. Was he worried because he knew he was going to try and blackmail Roger Clemens right. with this false story, or was he worried that this is true and Roger Clemens was going to deny it? So he says he never trusted Clemens, and that's why he kept all these syringes and bandages. Uh, Clemens says it, it's all a big scam, and, and but it's not clear. Clemens says it's not true, but it's not clear why what the motivation is for Brian McNamee to make this up. And, and, I mean, why would you be keeping, like, a coffee can full of bloody gauze for, like, no reason? I mean, it it doesn't really – that's not a thing uh, – uh, you know, I can see collecting stamps or matchbooks. Collecting bloody gauze, that's not a thing you do unless, A, you're a serial killer, or, B, you know, like, you know that you might get tagged with something at some point. Well, I think that's the thing. He, he – McNamee claims that he, he, he thought – that Clemens was a little bit shifty. He he, had, he used to be a police officer, Brian McNamee, and he says, oh, my police spidey sense was going off, and I didn't think that I could completely trust Clemens. I thought if this ever really, you know, if the stuff ever hit the fan, that I would be out on my own, and, and I wanted... I wanted proof that it, that I it wasn't just me. I want essentially I want I was going to bring down people with me or right. I will not fall alone. Have proof? Yeah, it's not really clear what he's saying. The 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 truth is that there are inconsistencies in both of their stories, and I wish I could take you through all of the incredibly tedious detail that Congress <laughs> went through today. There was a situation with a nanny that was flown out to Roger Clemens' house this weekend. He questioned her before Congress did. There are a lot of questions about that. A party at uh, another baseball star's house, Jose Canseco, uh, was Roger Clemens there or not? Huge questions about that issue, and that's why the nanny's important. It really just, it, essentially, Congress was trying to catch one of these two guys in another lie in front of them, and it, it, they didn't, they, they weren't able to do it. There were clearly sketchy things that both of these guys had said that just didn't quite add up, but it's still not clear which one of them is lying. Well, all right then. Uh, so, so I wish I had a better, uh, you know. You know what? And I and I wish I wasn't so unbelievably dumb when it came to these things. So there you well, go. you know what I think? Honestly, this was a super hot story about a month ago and before. I honestly think people are are kind of done with it. They they know that. I, I think they baseball has a big scar across its face in general. Who did it? Who didn't? Roger Clemens is probably lucky that more people probably believe him uh, than some other guys, uh, but especially the guys who have now admitted that they use steroids. But you know, I think there will always be the question, maybe he didn't. Barry Bonds, different situation. Most people think Barry Bonds did use steroids, but you know who knows what will be proven. But Roger Clemens is a little bit above that. But not by a ton. So I think most people have kind of decided it's all a mess, and, and they just want to move on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so what else do we have? We have, uh, well, we have uh, the primaries that happen. So this Drudge, of course, you can, Drudge is so great because you can tell, even as inconsistent as his ideology sometimes is, in other words, he doesn't seem to hold to one party line or another sometimes, but you can tell when he has just decided how he's going to paint something. And so just, man, the, 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 the it was like thousand-point type. Um Last night, I mean, just with every right. every single, not just that Obama was winning the state, but that, that he was winning with certain demos and winning with women and pet uh, owners, yeah, yeah, people with people with hooks and you know just everybody. Um, so, I guess so. The, I mean, it, it, Obama now has, I mean, flat out no spin, the lead. Like, there's no way to play it otherwise. Like, he is is he now the front runner? He has the lead. He has the lead, but not by much. By CNN's count, he has the delegate lead by 40 or 50 delegates, something like that. You know, each of them has about 1,100, so it's not a huge lead. 
you know, if if you were to call him the front runner, you would have to say it because the trend has been in his direction lately. That he won those four uh, races inside the U.S. on Saturday, then he wins three Tuesday, and especially on Tuesday. I think Trudge was right to point this out. The the demographics were key. The fact that Barack Obama won with women is a huge deal. That's really Hillary Hillary Clinton's gang. That's where she cleans up. But she didn't. She lost. And if that continues, then she's done. But, you know, she still has Texas and Ohio look like very strong states for her. If she can hold on to them, then she's right there again. But but she's got to win them both. She Be- has to win them both. Those races are March 4th. And I think, as John as John King said last night, the problem is saying something is a must-win is then you must win. Yes, that was great. Yes. Uh, so would you say at this point that losses at this point hurt Obama, though, still more than they do Hillary, just because his greatest asset right now, or one of them, does seem to be this the, the streak, the wave. Mm, I um, think we've got to go state by state. I think Wisconsin, which is coming up next week, if Barack Obama loses, yes, probably it does hurt him more than her because her, her expectations are so low. We talk about that all the time. Right. But if it's close... If it's close, the truth is it doesn't matter because it's all proportional. They carve up those delegates proportionally. If there are a couple points between each other, that's not going to give Hillary Clinton the help she needs. She needs a big win in a big state. All right. Uh, there I you think, go. I think we have to, uh, we have to make way for Steve Kastenbaum here. So, uh, but I will say, uh, are you on tomorrow? Steve, delightful. Um, I, uh, I'm not on tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow. Uh, oh, wait, or do we not have to? Did we move, Steve? Yeah, we moved him to 110, didn't we? I don't know. Let me look here. Hold on a second. Before okay. We wrap oh, you know, up. I can check on this end. No, no, no. It's 11.50. It is 11.50, says Richie. Yep, that's what we've got. He should be calling right this minute. Oh, very confusing. All right, so you are not on tomorrow. No, not for Valentine's Day off. All right, so, uh, well, then then really, uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, it seems like I should be saying Cat- something. Catch a Friday. Witty, da 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 Happy Black Love Day, Lisa. Happy Black Happy Love Day. Happy Black Day. Love Day. All right, thank you, sister. All right, there you go. It's Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. I guess he wasn't originally available at uh, 11.50, but, like, now he is. Okay. So... So we'll just stare at the phone. Oh, I forgot to ask Lisa this question. Uh, listener Jenny had a really, really good question about Hillary to Lisa, and I forgot to ask it. I'll ask it Friday. Sorry, Jenny, if you're listening, I apologize. She sent me a really good question last night. Uh, she said, could you please ask Lisa, blah, 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 Hillary? And then I never did. Because I'm a terrible person. Oh, there we go, there's Steve. All right, it's 503 970. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now welcome to the show. CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastamon. Hello, Steve, and happy Black Love Day to you. Oh, I didn't know that that's what today was. Well, you know what? Uh, I, it's a little point of pride with me that although CNN is the world's premier news gathering and disseminating organization, we have uh, we've really broken the story today. That today is Black Love Day. So, there so you what go. am I supposed to go out and do? Well, Lisa Desjardins was. Steve. <laughs> because we know you're black inside. Um, Lisa actually was just asking us the same question. She asked if she was just supposed to, like, roam the cubicles, uh, you know, and just spreading her love to members of the black community. And I really didn't know how to answer that without sounding weird. So I don't really know. Um, so, you know, maybe just uh, you, you Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. I... Uh, no. Didn't know how to answer that one without uh, <laughs> making a reporter feel very awkward. I was just going to say, and all the pop culture uh, allusions I'm coming up with are all dumb. None of them make any sense. Well, did you describe to Steve that, the, that you don't necessarily have to be black to celebrate Black well, Love Day? Well, that's your story. It is the story. Okay, but it, it says 
One of the things about selling Black Love Day is atoning blah, 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 black community. Black Love Day is not, for, not something for African Americans only. We are all encouraged to consider this a celebration. Then why is it called Black Love Day? I can't celebrate black, well, I guess I could celebrate black power, but I can't take part in black power. Can I? Can't you? I don't know. Seems like we ought to have somebody on staff to answer these questions for us. Do you know what I mean? Like like every time I have a question about... Um, we have a very diverse staff. Bumblebees or something. It's like I feel like we ought to have an entomologist in the studio to answer that. All right, well, whatever. Uh, well, let's, let's move, just so we can wrap up this dog business. So, Uno the Beagle... Uh, won the dog show, but that's the first time a beagle's ever done it? <laughs> yeah, that's Uno. <laughs> so Uno was a happy beagle. Steve, you've got to see your tagline. That's going to be my lockout now on my pieces. What is your, do you have a tagline, Sarah? It says you had a great tagline in your report. about Uno? About Uno being numero Uno? Was that the one? Wow, that's great and dumb. <laughs> that's really good. This is bad. Um, so here's a dumb question. So what was, when they said, and did they do it like American Idol style where the three dogs are up there and finally go, and the winner is? Well, what, what the oh, no. does is, uh, you know, there, there, I think there were seven or eight uh, groups. I think seven. Uh, you know, all, all evening long, they, uh, well, all day long, they do the best in groups. You know, after they do best in breeds, the dogs that won best in breeds then compete against each other in certain groups, like the herding dogs, the walking, the working dogs, the sporting dogs. And then the, the winners of those competitions uh, compete for best in show. Now, I can understand what the, how, how you can judge, you know, dogs of the same breed, because you can clearly see, you know, if one has a little bit of an uh, imperfection compared to another but I don't understand how they're able to judge dogs that, of different breeds against each other and say that one is better than that it stands above all the rest. You know what I mean? As as best in show. But that's what they do. They they take these dogs, and then you know towards the end the judge sort of starts to line them up in the order that he thinks that uh, you know that he thinks he's going to choose them first, second, third. And uh, sure enough, uh, our our buddy Uno was uh, first in line, and he picked them out, and the crowd went wild. You know. You know, I was trying to do, there's nothing that rhymes with orange, because instead of apples to oranges, I could say, it's like comparing, but, okay. but then like a dog breed that rhymed with apple. Mm. Is there a dog breed that rhymes with either apple or orange, Sarah? Apple. apple Quick, go on the AKC website, That's Sarah. what I'm saying. Imagine, for, imagine, here's how the joke would have worked. What if there was a type of dog named a bapple? I'd say, it's like comparing bapples and oranges. See how that would have been funny? I'm sorry. Oh boy! Let's just go out. I need with, another cup of coffee. Just go out with your dog bark there, Steve. If you got that. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. So long. There you go, Steve. Steve Kastenbaum. I think it's another kooky day. That's wonderful. I'm just saying it's, it would have been a funny joke if only I'd been able to make it work without you know failing. Uh, that's so great. Uh, that should be our end of show clip, by the way. The the dog, the dog barking. barking. That's pretty funny. Uh, I'm trying to find uh, that Seamus had sent me uh, a message last night via, uh, he sent me like a little MySpace message. I wanted to read, let's see, where did it go? Um, and it's just because Aaron, did you get Aaron's email about Aaron's demanding that we do some impromptu top five about like essentially the, the five uh, black ladies whom Aaron wants to have sex with? Um, I mean, that really is what it is. That's, I mean, I can Why try don't we to... do that with him on 
Or never. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying that I'm not. I, I, he's trying to put a pretty face on it, but he's basically. Why don't you do this list of top five black women that I'd like to have sex with? Um, but uh, let's see here. Oh, did I mention? Did I tell you on the air that there's a black love present for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it went. Well, it's pointless now. Seamus made some observation about um, uh, about about someone that I wanted to read, but I want to make sure I get the. Uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. Um, coming up here later on, we have uh, Mr. Skin, who will be joining us, by the way. Uh, Tim Riley around the corner. I'll play us into the uh, to the break here in, in just a second. Oh, here we go. Um, Amy Holmes. That's her name. Um, she, uh, wow, just hot as balls. Um, she's one of the political commentators on CNN. Because, you know, every night now at my, at my house is a CNN night. I mean, even more so than normal. And, you know, I feel bad in a way for Laura, but at least she's got like, a heads up now that the last time there was in, you know, the big election, like in 2004, she saw me go into serious addiction mode, and that time it was Chris Matthews and Hardball, where I would watch Hardball every night and then just watch hours of political coverage, building up. And then once the election was over, like I went into this whole post-election fatigue, like it was all sad, and mm-hmm. like I went into this whole funk. Um, but uh, it, but now it's happening in my house with CNN, where every night it's like two and a half hours. Like she wanted to watch... we. Uh, we, there's some documentary we, we rented, and she wanted to watch it last night. And I made her wait until nine o'clock to start it. Cause I'm like, no, we got to watch more Anderson Cooper. Uh, but man, Amy Holmes, who is one of the um, uh, and it, and Seamus is saying she's a Republican strategist, but I don't think it's true. It doesn't really matter, I suppose. But I thought I thought she was just one of their correspondents. I didn't think she was a Republican strategist. I think you may be thinking of. Um, what's her name? Sanchez. Uh, but um, anyway, Amy Holmes is just unbelievably like scorchingly beautiful. You got to look her up. Uh, just why do I care what Amy Holmes? Because it's Black Love Day, and we're so. And what better day than to celebrate the beauty of uh, what better day than Black Love Day to celebrate the beauty of She's Amy on Holmes? CNN? Yeah, CNN. Amy Holmes. H O L M E S. She's kind of uh, young. I'd say twenties. Curly haired. Oh yeah, she's pretty. Oh man, she's really pretty. She's yeah. I'm a big big fan of hers. Yeah. All right. Huh. Listen to that. Listen to that. Oh, she's really cute. I can't see the picture I have is really small. The, the female dismissing. What can you do? Takes all types, I suppose. I must find a bigger picture. Uh huh. You and me both. All right. Let's take a break here. I'll go ahead and uh, do a little. Uh... It is Black Love Day on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We'll be back after this. You stay there. Tim Riley returns around the corner. Baby, here I am. I'm a man on the scene. You what you want, but you got to go home with me. I forgot some good old love, and then I got this song in store. When I get through throwing it on you, you got to come back for more. Boys and things will come back. Hold, hold it. Listen. Oh, I can feel a castle, I can make a ship sail. 
the song. All right, here's the thing about this song. And I can say this because it was old when I was born. They really don't write songs like this anymore. They just don't. There's just no modern equivalent to this. I mean, it's really 70s. No, I mean, in this... It's not even that. It was the 60s. This came out in 68, I think. Was it 68? I think when I was born, this was already half a decade old. So it's not like... When I was a boy, they had the temptations. I just... This is just such a great song. Come on, how, how great is that? Swinging. It really is. I mean, like in the truest sense of the word. Fantastic. God, the temptations are so good. Have you seen that documentary, Standing in the Shadows of Motown? It's really good. Because there's that house band at Motown that played on... I mean, I think they said that the Motown house band, in other words, the, you know, the, the musicians who backed up the singers, have played on more top ten songs... I mean, to, to, collectively, the house band at Motown had more top ten songs than, like, the Beatles, Elvis, the Beach Boys, and Elton John or something put together. And really, nobody knows who they are because the attention got paid to the singers and the musicians kind of got overlooked. Great documentary, though, called Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Okay, i got to turn this off or I'll play this all day. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now... From the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, Mel Gibson's going to be back in court at 1.30 for the final progress report on his DUI case. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, remember that? The, He's back uh, in court. Are you Jew? That one? That one, yeah. Are you? What was that, an, what was that animal that we just said? A kinkajou or something? Scotty, <laughs> are you a kinkajou? Wasn't there some animal called a kinkajou there that we discovered? Yeah, a kinkajou. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Coast Guard searchers looking for that missing balloon guy, the uh, Japanese missing fellow, balloon guy, have uh, spotted debris 400 miles south of Unmac Island in the Aleutians. It's never good when they are looking for They're trying to find out debris. if it's uh, the missing balloonist, uh, Michio Kanda, who disappeared January 31st on a flight from Japan to Oregon. A crew flying from Kodiak spotted white and blue cylinder-shaped objects about oh. three miles northeast of the balloonist's last location. That's no good. Uh, a lot of you probably saw this coming home yesterday, especially if you live on the west side. A uh, head-on crash between two vehicles. Shut down the westbound lanes of Highway 26 between Bethany and 185th Street. Backing up traffic for miles. Apparently, uh, one car crossed the medium and collided with another. A man was a lifeline and somebody else got cut out, but uh, both these people live, miraculously. Uh, police are looking for a fugitive after a chase that ended up going over to Bankman in West Lynn. They said they tried to pull over a car northbound at I-205 when the vehicle took off near Highway Exit 43. The driver lost control and crashed over to an embankment. The driver and another passenger ran away. Uh, they're looking for 36-year-old Sean Detrick, who is still on the run. He's wanted on felony warrants. Let me ask you this. Did you ever hear one of these news stories go by? Because that one was sort of like that. Did you ever hear a news story go by and we'll talk about the perpetrator? And it sounds vaguely like a listener that you know, <laughs> whose name you've seen in your inbox. Maybe that happens to me. I think I, I probably get maybe the bulk of the show mail comes to me. But every so often we'll have a police are looking for 75-year-old John Finkelstein or whatever. You know, they're looking for some guy 
You know, like severed 15 heads with an axe and then ran off down the street. And I swear to God, and I'll I'll look through my inbox because I'm convinced it's a listener of ours. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, back back in the days when I was a country jock doing a live request show at night, half the people on our request roundup were wanted felons. Or or calling from prison. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Court and Fatboy, that didn't really happen to us, but Court and Fatboy get prisoners who call them sometimes. Yeah, because they're on at night. Yeah, that's when when there's nothing to do but shiv and listen to the radio. Mm -hmm. Um... The um, that girl. Uh, this is actually uh, in uh, All God's Children, which is a book that Sarah is reading right now. The girl, what's her name? Danielle Cox, who's sort of the blonde, upper class, sort of really smart college girl who drops out and then takes part in the killing and the beating and the burning. Mm-hmm. She actually called Court and Fatboy one night. They're in that book. They refer to Court later on. Mm-hmm. Court and Fatboy because they were taking the request line. Ah, right, Court and Fatboy, Rock 101. I killed somebody, you know, or whatever they were, or she had a request or something, and then it came to came out that she's in there for like burning a retarded woman to death. So, you know, so the, I mean, the law... It goes back to the days of Clint Eastwood, really. Yeah, exactly. No, you're really right about that. The the law of averages does dictate, though, that out of, like, if we cover 100 crime stories a year, Mm -hmm. and probably, I would say, 15% of those criminals, maybe, are listeners. So, just goes with that. And we're proud of it. It's on on our one sheet. (laughs) Right below number one TSL. A woman was robbed in a Goodwill parking lot in Tigard, of all places. Heather Scoggins said a man came up to her trying to sell her some jewelry. Uh, she turned him down, of course. I mean, it's cheaper inside Goodwill. Then the thief had a glimpse of $300 she had in her purse at Goodwill. From the angle he was standing, he could see a big wad of cash in her purse. Uh, Scoggins said the man tried to grab the purse. He grabbed some of the money and took off. As soon as he got as much as he wanted, he took off. Only $140, so. Uh, Scoggins has a bruise on her forehead. It has forced her to consider taking steps to protect herself. I would say so, anyway. Uh, she also plans to take self-defense classes. You hear that? And carry pepper spray. Good for her. Does it seem like maybe a Goodwill parking lot isn't the best place to be selling things, though? Well, you could buy out everything in the Goodwill store for that amount yeah, of money. It's, it's not a seller's market there. No. So uh, that's that. All right. A uh, California man is taking advantage of people from Oregon. He gets three years in the federal pen for his role in the $3.8 million counterfeit check scheme. Barton Boots of uh, Sutherland, California, was indicted by a federal grand jury. He's got, uh, oh, he and four others used some fake checks to draw on non-existent treasury accounts to pay taxes in Jackson and Coos County and to pay income taxes and attempt to buy property, recreational vehicles, and other goods. Apparently, this guy's a self-styled consumer advocate. Watch out for those people. You hear about them on their commercials. They'll uh, rip you off. So he remains free after doing all this pending an appeal. Uh... Oh, did you hear about this uh, Heather Mills story? It's oh, unfortunate. The, um... Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know we were going to be bringing up Heather Mills this early in the. Oh, and I got to turn it. I still have her watch theme. I had to turn it off because we were playing the 10th. Tenth... I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer. That's uh. And I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. Is your Heather Mills watch uh, for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson show? Lean on me. <laughs> This is so slow. I gotta go back and because she's clearly gonna be in the news for a while. I gotta go back and I gotta redo this with the Club Nouveau version, the uh, the one that Movin plays, the, the dance version of this song. This is only 20 seconds long, I think, but boy, it just takes forever. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. Now Heather Mills' dad says she will leave Britain, yay, say the Brits, after her divorce from Sir Paul McCartney because everybody there hates her. 
The dad told reporters he believes she will move to France or America like we want her here. With the couple's daughter, oh, Beatrice. Please come here. Uh, she will not stay in this country. She knows everybody hates her and does not care. <laughs> I think she's very low at this moment and would leap at the chance to get away from it all. I don't her think she's going to be leaping her. at anything. I think she'll go abroad and then slowly fade into obscurity. I'm sure she'll. I'm sure that's going to happen. She's a uh, Mr. Mills, who's 68, who lives in uh, Washington, which is some town there. Says he fears his daughter will be torn to shreds by Sir Paul's lawyers during the divorce hearing. Isn't uh, uh, how much is she asking for? 150 million. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, but I think that's like dollars, that. not pounds, or maybe it's pounds. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere that she was well, asking it must for be pounds. 150 million. So that's what I read. McCartney's fortune is 825 million pounds so that's a, a billion and a half dollars yeah a little more than that so but didn't he offer her at one point like 40 million and she's like no i don't want it and you know she's mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. uh, for 40 million dollars he could cut off my leg and put me in a wig so i looked like her so, and then you know, i would i'd be okay with they're that. speculating she'll get 60 million pounds seriously which is more than enough shut it i mean really you can either complain or you can be asking for more than 40 million you can't do both yeah you, jesus you pedophile <laughs> That's Tim Riley who said that, by the way. I've had a worse price than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to see. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Elsewhere from England, taking a cue from her husband, Madonna has once again reinvented herself. This time as a film director. Wait, her debut. She's re- she's going to be directing? Yeah, she already did. Uh, her directorial debut, Filth and Wisdom, was shown at the Berlin Film Festival today. The movie is described as a light-hearted, fast-paced story in which the main characters reflect faces of her life. The film follows a Ukrainian immigrant as he strives to start him with his gypsy punk band. <laughs> in an interview... Well, sign me up. Madonna has asked uh, huh, if she sought any advice from her husband, director Guy Ritchie. Uh, she uh, said my... he told her, quote, did he say, don't marry Madonna? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, she's not listening to him at all. <laughs> Apparently, she got some uh, good advice uh-huh. from Guy Ritchie, whatever that might have been. Okay. Who can be sure? Cover yeah. up your dildos in public. That would be my other advice for Madonna. Jesus. All right. Well, accidentally locked out of her home and stuck in the bitter cold, Geraldine, also known as Jerry Palmer, took matters into her own hands. As a matter of fact, she put an axe in her hands. She turns 90 this weekend. I she saw that. She had a sliding glass door locked behind her when she went outside to rearrange a, a few things on her patio. Uh, snow had formed a pile around the seven-foot-high... Uh, uh, oh, it was seven feet high between her and the yard, so she had no escape. So she picked up an old axe she would use to chop wood and broke into her own home. I had to bang the glass uh, four or five times before the axe broke. After smashing the glass in the sliding door, she reached inside and unlocked it. Good for her. Nine right. years old. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. I hate to know. The Richie, I can't tell your handwriting from... Well, I can tell your handwriting from Sarah's. But do we then have Roop? Is that... We don't. Because it looks very much here like we have Roop at, two, at 11.50. No, we had 11.50. I know, but it doesn't... Gone. But, okay, but doesn't that look like we have Roop? Yeah, it does. I just yeah. Don't know. Well, we'll figure it out during a break. No, Rup, I, I know for a fact that Rup has the day off today. All right. Uh, hello. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. 
Hey, Rick, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Oh, living the dream. Um, talking about the uh, guys who say that never crime. are. By the way, I'm not trying to knock you personally. A guy who says living the dream is never ever living the dream. That's one of those. <laughs> we things. worked with somebody like that before, and they were lucky to be working at all. <laughs> I don't even know who you're referring to. It was in another building that we used to work, and somebody used to say that all the time. They were living the dream. The last guy who I remember saying said to me that he was living the dream was a guy, a guy I used to work with in radio sales who is now three times divorced and managing a strip club. Um, Good for him. In Utah. In O. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's that's the punchline. And then he signed his email, living the dream. You know his name. And I went, oh, okay. Deleting your email. Me. Uh, hey, what's up? Okay. Anyways, it's another day in paradise. Um, so, so uh, talking about the murder thing, do you remember that caller who called in to Tom Likas during one of his uh, live yeah. shows? It was not just husband? one of his live shows. It was the live show here. Yeah. It was the day yeah. he was broadcasting from Portland. And the woman and called him and said, I Arizona. shot him and I framed him. Yeah. Whatever happened to that girl? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. They, I mean, I, I don't think they got her or, or whatever charged her because I think we would have heard about it from Tom's show. Uh, but it was when he was doing his show at Barracuda here. Uh, in November of five, and a woman called up and said that she had shot her guy and then had made it look like suicide to get the insurance money. And Tom was like, you know, turn it over to the cops and whatever. So, yeah. And we were there, but there was so much crowd noise that we didn't even know what was happening. We couldn't even hear it because the crowd was so loud we couldn't really hear the call. But I can't, yeah, I imagine that as soon as something happens, you'll hear about it on the, you know, on Tom and probably on the news because he's, he's good at kind of getting that stuff into the into the press. So. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you very much. I hope you're living the dream. Thank you. Bye. All right. Living the dream is one of those guys, one of those things that guys say, though, that, you know, you know, the uh, here's the thing. And I'm putting myself in here when you go, how's he doing? Living the dream. And that's always a guy who's, you know, the dream is always that he's up to his eyeballs in a mortgage and has two cars he can't pay for. Well, I think that sometimes it can it can be kookily appropriate. I was at the store buying a jacket, and there was this really hot guy working there. And I'm just like, hi. He's like, how are you doing? I'm like, good, how are you? He's like, oh, you know, living the dream. He's working at Zoomies, and you can tell. Totally. He's so hating his living life. Living the dream. Right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, from Tacoma comes word, jurors in the trial for accused arsonist Brianna Walters have been told that two convicted members of her elf cell will testify against her. Uh, U.S. Attorney Andrew Friedman said the two belong to a 20-person Earth Liberation Front group called The Family. Uh, he says both are testifying against her in order to get their sentences reduced. Elf. She's accused Elf. Yeah, she's accused of being a lookout for the firebombing at the University of Washington Center for Urban Horticulture in May of 2001. Who bombs a horticulture center? In Washington State, they do. Uh, Walters is now a violin teacher and a mom. Ugh. And uh, if she is convicted, she could face a 35-year jail. Okay, set. this is not ALF, the Animal Liberation Front. No. Elf. This is the Earth Liberation. Well, what are they pissed off about? But they're never happy about anything. Oh, uh, you know, and you know, like Earth First is another one of those idiot groups that is never, they're never happy with anything. Like, do you ever get this? As much as I admire PETA's ability to get themselves into the media. Um, because they're always taking their clothes off. No, it's true. I, I will say this. Uh, regardless of uh, of what anybody thinks about them, PETA, they really are geniuses at marketing. PETA are really, really good marketers. I mean, they're really, they've really got their act together. But but you ever notice that the people in PETA are never happy, ever? No. Like, PETA never puts out a press release going, today some good things happen. It's just, people in PETA are always, they're never happier than when they're sad or angry about something. They really do love that. They just love things going badly. But then there's the Animal Liberation Front, who are like some nutcase offshoot of PETA, I think. Uh, and then there's... Here's a question. Are the people in PETA opposed to pets? 
Now, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know any PETAs. Uh, me either. Sarah, do you know anybody in PETA? Seems like you might no. have some nutcase friend that's a member of PETA. All right. I do not. Are P- I wonder if people in PETA are, if, are opposed to owning pets. Like That'd if they think plus. it's like animal slavery of some kind. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I'll fight off the urge to call about that. But then there's ELF. They're the Earth Liberation Front. Yes. And they're liberating the Earth from whom? Not anyone they don't like. But I mean, do, do they say specifically from whom the Earth needs to be liberated? Like who's holding the Earth? I, I think aren't those the guys that set fire to SUVs in parking lots and things? I don't know. Maybe. So are they liberating the Earth from humans? Yes. Well, I would they say they don't like humans. Then I would say the first step would be to kill yourselves. Mm-hmm. That would really be that's turning action, you know, words into action right there. So if you need to liberate the Earth from humans, I would say the first answer is to take your own lives. Do it today. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, from Milwaukee comes word of Wisconsin man is on trial for allegedly getting a woman to drink caustic fluids. They say Sean Coven played, uh, paid the lady $20 to drink the fluid uh, to mimic the television program Jackass. The woman did so on a dare and got violently sick, and Coven accused of, uh, he's accused of videotaping the aftermath, which includes vomiting blood. The woman survived the brush with death, but had to undergo months of serious medical treatments. What was the, uh, what was the liquid, did they say? Uh, that doesn't say, but she did it for 20 bucks. Well... How is that his fault? Seriously, if you offer somebody $20 to drink battery acid, unless they're retards, I mean, clinically, like... Well, here's the, here's the problem. He didn't know when to stop. He's accused of uh, targeting other women in neighboring communities to do the same thing. If I hand, Sarah, if I handed you a glass of... And I said, look, this is bleach. Drink it for $20. You would tell me no. No. Okay. She didn't say... That's a little bit of Darwinism in action right there. Is what Maybe it's is. one of those Craigslist Who drinks bleach? For $20. I mean, that's the thing is, and that's how you know she knew it was something bad. Like that's how that's how you can tell that he didn't trick her because he had to pay her to drink it. If I handed Sarah a glass of water, she might go, "I'm thirsty. Thanks. Drink it." If I hand this to Sarah and I go, "Look, I will pay you twenty dollars if you drink this," she knows that's your tip off that it's something you ought not to drink. So, well, that sounds like it's her own problem. I guess so. Yeah. Hey, the Cold War is coming back. An incident at sea last weekend is being weighed as a possible Cold War maneuver. Hooray! The evil Russians are coming back. I miss it. With their metal teeth that chomp on us. <laughs> the Russians and their metal Ivan and his teeth of steel. Mm-hmm. And the umbrellas with the poison in them. Yes. They might be coming back. Good times. Like the good old days. Four U.S. fighter jets were scrambled to escort Russian bombers that flew near the USS Nimitz aircraft carrier south of Japan. Uh, speaking at a uh, Senate Budget Committee, this is when all this stuff comes up. Russian long-range aviation is starting to ramp up the number of sorties and routes, and they'll fly just like they did in the Cold War. Please, more money to stop them. The Russian news agency has uh, quoted a Russian Air Force spokesman as saying he was surprised oh. by all the clamor. That oh, hold on, I think I might have. Let me see here. I think, uh, a I, Russian? I, I think I might have a Russian march song to play for this. <laughs> Do we have more news on this? No. But let's play the song. I like the song. I like the song. I dig Russian music. I really do. This is all part of my thing about wanting to go to Russia at some point. I do. And again, I know March, you're right into Siberia with that playing in the background. (laughs) To a forced labor camp. And I understand. You'll be in a mine at 40 below. (laughs) (laughs) What am I writing for? Your own death. Keep digging. Um, 
The uh, it's a wonderful country that's only done good for man. I I do understand that this is perhaps from a maybe a bygone era that maybe Russia is not really Russia. No such thing as a bygone era. In Russia. <laughs> <laughs> that Russia really isn't like a big Tom Clancy novel. No, it isn't. But in my head, it is. In my head, it's all just this and huge Hogwarts, uh, you know, rooms with big wooden tables and guys in like uh, the fur caps with the red stars on the front. I could play this all day. This from the Temptations. That'll be our HD stream. All right. Well, I'll use that in the future for Russia. Oh, I found uh, a little bit more about that Wisconsin man who enticed that uh, cash-strapped lady to drink poison for $20. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It was sodium hydroxide, which you used in household drain cleaners and Don't... for etching aluminum. <laughs> and the inside of your throat. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst part about that is, did you ever read those... Um, Oh, apparently he worked at a plant that made this stuff. Hold on. There we go. Um, <laughs> do you, um, you ever read those labels, though, the warning labels in some of those products where it's like, you know, if you inadvertently swallow this, like, don't throw it up mm -hmm. because it'll kill you. Because it's not the swallowing that'll kill you. It's the throwing it up that'll kill you. Uh, does somebody have, uh, let's see. Um, hello. Hi. Uh, Rick Emerson show. About what are you calling? Um, calling about health. Yeah. The, uh, those are the tools that... Uh, Set fire to those logging trucks out in Estacada uh, about five, six years ago. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, F and, and they also set fire to that uh, Hummer dealership down in uh, California. Is that that Trey guy? That's, is that, that's not Trey Arrow, is it? No. He's, he's, he's the guy that crapped in a box. He's the guy yeah. that pooped in a box. We used to cover that live every day. Hey, Trey Arrow is pooping <laughs> in a box. <laughs> Can I tell you when I, went to, when I went to see Ralph Nader speak a couple years ago, uh, which I did, which was really great. Um, one of the idiot uh, pre-speakers they had was that guy, that jackass Trey Arrow who came out. And just, it, just you want to see him beaten. You just do. I or maybe that's just in me. Country or something anymore. He's in Canada. I think he's lambing it. He's on the lamb because he did something or other. Because... Well, when he, when he was up on that ledge, everybody was taking bets whether he was going to fall off. Oh, man, if only that had happened. If that only he had just fallen to his doom and then been eaten by dogs. Jesus. Yeah, but he would just, he would just been made a martyr and, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah, I did Really? Ah, never mind. I didn't want to talk about him. All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that guy bugs me. Screw him. Here's Tim Riley. Well, he'll be back eventually. Uh, so let's uh, talk about the election last night. GOP frontrunner John McCain and Democratic candidate Barack Obama. Apparently, uh, well, they're unbeatable at the moment. Uh, first, let's uh, bring on John McCain, who says Barack Obama has no clear vision about wait, anything he wait, stands for. Wait, hold on. No, I'm sorry. I should have been prepared with this because we haven't had a, we haven't had a chance to play this again. Um, H I J K L M N O P. Wait, well, who are we talking about? Who, Tim? Barack Obama. Barack Obama. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, he says he's not clear on where he stands, says Mr. McCain. They are singularly lacking in specifics, and that's when, as the, as the campaign moves forward, we will be portraying very stark differences. Uh, and he also says that the Democrats also have a sheer losing attitude about Iraq. They said that we would never succeed militarily. Then we began to succeed militarily. Granted, we still have a long way to go in Iraq. And then they said they can't succeed politically, that politically they're gridlocked. I don't think he's going to win. No. Did you see this headline, Gary Coleman reveals his secret marriage? No. No. I mean, I don't care enough to click oh, on it and read it. Woman? 
Yeah, and I can't. Uh, price I don't. Yeah, I don't care enough to really read it. But what can you do? All right, here's Tim Ryan. Obama says John McCain has a distinguished career, but he's not right for the White House. We honor his service, but his priorities don't address the real problems of the American people because they are bound to the failed policies of the past. George Bush won't be on the ballot this November. Barack Obama. At a rally in Madison, Wisconsin, Obama relished his victory. Change we seek swept through Chesapeake and over the Potomac. Uh, what losses, says Hillary Clinton? She is looking forward to uh, running in Texas. Their primary is March 4th. We're going to sweep across Texas in the next three weeks. You know, she loses, that's it. Oh, no, well, that's it. John King was making that observation last night. That she, her, the problem now is that her campaign is in the position of downplaying all the, like the, the five hosings in a row she's gotten and saying, no, 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 it's all about Ohio and Texas and maybe Pennsylvania. But, but of course, you know, by saying, well, those are really our must-win states. But, of course, if you say something's a must-win, then you must win. And if she doesn't, then she's toast. I mean, if she, like, a Texas especially, if she loses Texas, she's done, gone, baby, gone. And because he has nothing better to do with his time, uh, Mike Huckabee is showing no sign of ending his campaign. While it may be mathematically impossible to see how it could play out right now, I know this. Right now, nobody has the 1,191 delegates, and therefore, it would be a little premature to, uh, to quit until the, the game has actually come to a conclusion. Let's not assume uh, Mr. McCain will win. Let them speak, and if they overwhelmingly say something in that election, then we'll all abide by the results. So the evangelical crowd uh, wanted to teach McCain a lesson? They didn't. He still won. They're all done. <laughs> by, and by him, really, that is true. Oh, hey. I mean, uh, you, you, have, you no longer have a grip on the electoral system as you did in the last two elections. And all of the, you know, like James Dobson, we're going to stay home. We're not going to endorse John McCain. It doesn't matter. Please stay home. I mean, that's really, better than staying home, just leave. Mm -hmm. Go find an island and live there. Uh, same thing with Huckabee. He somehow thinks that he's going to... I don't know, like force John McCain to do something, which isn't going to happen. No. Romney bailed out, and Romney had more money than McCain did. So um, he anyway. blew all that money too. Well, he's got plenty left. Well, Jesus, it's like Hillary Clinton. Do you know they've spent 145 million dollars mm -hmm. on this campaign so far? I can't even fathom. And I really mean to ask Lisa this at some point. Do you do you wonder this when they say, "Well, look, the Clinton campaign needs more advertising money. They've spent 145 million dollars." Raise your hand if if you have seen a lot of. Uh, campaign ads. Now, I know we haven't, like, we're not a primary state yet, like, not until May, but still, I mean, like, do you, I mean, one always likes to think that one isn't affected by certain things, but, I mean, do you really suppose that anybody's affected by campaign advertising at this point? Especially since none of it's, uh, none of it's negative ads. Like, she hasn't gone negative and neither has he. It's all... Like, her thing is a whole lot of, like, uh, you know, I, her, like trying to look like Margaret Thatcher. Like, I am, I am ready and prepared on day one to lead this country. In a, you know, I'm waiting for her to salute. <laughs> I want to jump McCain salute. <laughs> there was a great picture on Drudge yesterday of her and Margaret Thatcher side by side. Oh, my God. She's, uh, she started dressing exactly like Maggie Thatcher, too. Um, the, uh, one of our listeners in New Zealand, we have several, uh, one of our listeners in New Zealand emailed me and he said that, um, he said that Hillary reminds him a lot of, of their female, uh, president. Mm -hmm. And then he said, who we believe has balls. So, um, but, uh, but that's Hillary's whole thing. You know, where she's just like, I am ready on day one. And then Barack's whole thing is, you know, like a lot of sentiments that have no, Barack's whole thing is just sort of like looking up with his head tilted a little and like getting the stirring tone in his voice and going, 
We can do better. This country can be great again. We can make it happen. And it's just, and it's sort of this weird, it's like this fluffy pink cloud of black love. (laughs) Yeah, that like means nothing. Like the great, Obama is sort of like a political ninja. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's like Storm Shadow and G.I. Joe. He would throw down the smoke bomb. Smoke comes up. And then when the, you know, and then when the smoke part, he's gone. That's what Barack is, except the smoke bomb, the smoke that Barack Obama puts out is a whole lot of, like, stirring sort of Hallmark card sentiments that we can restore this country to its former glory, to a nation that we are all proud of. And by the time you go, but how are you going to, what are your specific, oh, he's gone, you know, and then by then he's he's like off to Wisconsin or something. Oh, by the way, it's changed over the past few years. in the last election, was kill war. You want more war? More war? We more can war. kill more. Remember all, all the applause today? We have just killed Saddam Hussein, and the crowd went wild. Oh, yeah. Let's go kill some more people. Americans do love killing. Mm-hmm. We do, especially if it's far, far away. Especially if we don't actually have to do it ourselves, and if they don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Um, that really is our number one industry. You know, yeah. like if you like if we were, if we were to put a, a resume together for America, we would put you know like. Hannah Montana, and then, like, bombing brown people. Uh, Lisa Desjardins passes this along via email. Um, Oh, she's listening. She says, uh, I had to pass on this website with the theme for this year's Black Love Celebration. Uh, Can you forward this uh, to Rick, Tim, and Sarah? I hope Larry King covers it tonight. Tonight we're talking about Black Love. Who would he reference, though? It would be somebody who's, like, a thousand years old. Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. I was just going to say Eartha she, Kitt. She was just she was here, here last weekend. Three nights ago. Darn it. Tonight, Black Love. Eartha Kitt will be my guest all hour plus your phone calls. We were both thinking about Eartha Kitt. We both That's just bad. went to Eartha Kitt. Didn't she do ads for The Gap a while back? Probably. She's and, ageless. Yeah. Um, Eartha Kitt, we both went there simultaneously like a jinx thing. Anyway, uh, this year's... Uh, Black love, uh, I'm sorry, I accented the wrong word. Black love uh, theme celebration is raising the love. V- I swear to you, I'm reading this from blacknews.com from Lisa, who works at CNN. So she knows of what she speaks. Raising the love vibration of a woman. Oh, I'm sorry, of woman. Raising, Collective woman. Raising the love vibration of woman is the theme of this year's National Black Love Day. This is the 15th annual Black Love Day, by the way. Hmm. So there you go, Sarah. Today we're working on raising your love vibration. How how does one raise their love vibration? I don't know. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to answer that question. Here's Tim Riley. So now Hillary says she's going to raise the minimum wage to $9.50. Yes, it's time for more change. There's a great saying in Texas. You've all heard it. All hat and no cattle. Well, after seven years of George Bush, we need a lot less hat and a lot more cattle. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. I, I guess you have to be from Texas. All hat. It's a different mindset. I mean, those people live in dirt. <laughs> the savages. All hat, no cattle. Mm. All hat, no cattle. Who know, I mean, seriously, what does that mean? Somebody told her it was the thing to say. Well, okay, well, let's think about it. Then we have to break. Let's think for a second about what it might mean. What What are possible meanings of all hat, no cattle? I suppose that's something when people brag about cattle. But, I mean, what is the hat? Well, all Texans wear those funny hats. Like okay, old but, hat? Okay, but why would, there be, 
Why would there be an excess of hat here, though? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, maybe you wear a tall hat, depending on how much cattle you have. Is that true? Do they do I, that? Maybe. I'm, I'm not familiar with Texas. I've only been there once. Okay. Uh, I, I went to the NAB convention. I just rode on the shuttle bus. I didn't see any real Texans. <laughs> so maybe it means all hat, no cattle. All hat, no cattle. Maybe it means... No, I've got nothing. I have no idea what it means. It means... You know what I was thinking about the other day? Uh, I was thinking about the phrase, a rolling stone gathers no moss. And I started thinking about that, and I don't really know what that phrase means either. That's you don't? I, no, I mean... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is... Oh, here we go. All hat, no cattle. What the heck does it mean? Well, let's find out. Okay, but here we go. The the phrase applies to pretend cowboys that dress and talk the part pretending to be what they aren't. Oh, like posers. Oh, Toby Keith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like 98%, 98% of the guys who are at the Country Music Awards every mm-hmm. year. All right. So, it's, it, so you, in other words, you're uh, talking the talk, but you're not walking the it's walk. It's like all hammer, no nail. All icing, no cake. Okay. All lime and salt, no tequila. Okay, none of that does make sense. Because, of course, George Bush isn't really from Texas anyway. No, he's from Connecticut. No, he's a fake, he's a fake Texan. Um, well, anytime you get stupid people, they get away with it by saying they're from Texas. Exactly. <laughs> like we just kind of go a sentence together. Well, look, I I did lie 958 times. We we are attacking the wrong country. Well, but he is from Texas. We want more war. Um, okay, so rolling so gap. You okay. really don't. Understand. No, but here's my thing. Those aphorisms are always used to sort of like gently guide you to doing the right thing in your life. So, Sarah, let's say you're the Rolling Stone in this equation. Sarah, you know, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Now. Is it good to gather moss in this phrase, or is it not good? Uh, it depends. Like, gathering moss is like, you know, gathering baggage. Like, I am kind of a rolling stone where I don't have any assets. Like, I don't have a, like, I don't have a lot of commitments keeping me in one place. I could just keep, you know, moving. So... Whereas if you, if you say stagnant in one place, that means... So, but are you, is the rock supposed to be staying in one place, or is it supposed to be rolling? I think it can be taken either way. Tim, a rolling stone gathers no moss. Is rolling good or bad in that equation? In other words, do you I don't want think it moss? Has, I don't think it's black and white like that. I don't think. No, I don't think it's black and white. You think it's just it's just a fact. It's and just sometimes, it's, a, it's a phrase. Like people who are, who are constantly moving and you know don't gather. A lot sometimes of... you want moss. Sometimes you don't. I don't see what's so bad about moss. Really, I think it gets a bum rap. That moss. I don't want moss. I am. I prefer to lead a moss-free lifestyle myself. Wow, okay. Uh, speaking, let's take a break. Oh, I'll play us into the break here. Speaking of uh, of moss, by the way, and gathering and, and whatnot, uh, next week we're going to be talking to um, uh, everybody's favorite, uh, blah, 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 Ed Bagley Jr. will be joining us to talk about, I don't know, eating algae or something, because it's good for your family, I guess. Anyway, so that's next Monday. We'll be talking to Ed Bagley Jr., because I guess he's pimping some ecology or environmental book or whatever. It's really just so we can talk to him about arrested development. I elsewhere. think he's on some HD TV show. That too. Some uh, Living Without Electricity or something. It's a book. The book is a spin-off of that show. Okay. So next Monday, Ed Bagley Jr. All right, celebrating Black Love Day all day long. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You stay right there. Best songs ever recorded. When I was looking for um, show opens today, I almost played a, a, a version of My Girl. Really? Uh huh. 
My girl, the one with the bee stinger to death at the end. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. And she goes on to do My Girl, too, where she's at an important age where she's very unattractive. And she's spotty. She has a, strange, a strangely shaped face. This is one of the best songs. Can I tell you right now? Let me just pause this for a second. I'm sorry, I hate to, I hate to pause this. And then we'll resume it, and then we'll uh, have more news from Tim Riley. Let me just say this about this. Um, so, a, a top five that I keep meaning to do. Oh, by the way, later on today, Sarah will be doing the top five songs that, if played by a man at his house, would make her leave immediately. These are the top five. And when he's in wooing mode. These are the mood breakers. Top five like, mood-breaking songs. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, it randomly comes up on the CD, but he goes up pointedly, puts that on the CD player, turns on gives the, you the look. me. <laughs> gives you the look while Toby Keith is playing in the background. Oh, no. Uh, so the top five mood-breaking songs by Sarah Dillon. But let me, uh, I was, I keep meaning to do this top five that is my favorite top five moments in a song. Not necessarily my top five favorite songs, but my top five sort of moments that happen in songs. Um... And I'm trying to think of of another one, uh, another moment to sort of to sort of set the stage. Oh, I'll tell you the top five moment in a song. It's on the second verse of "Wouldn't It Be Nice" by the Beach Boys, where the harmonies start to come in. Uh, that is one of the most beautiful songs ever. Because yeah, he does the "Wouldn't It Be Nice If We Were Old," and then you know, and then he "Wouldn't It Be Nice," and then he comes back with the "Wouldn't It Be Nice If We Could Wake Up," and they're doing those you know the Beach Boys harmonies like God's own instrument. Uh, that's one of the best moments ever in a song. Can I tell you what else is in my top five? pop music moments of all time is the little breakdown in the middle where it's just the string section um where it's that you know da 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 that is like that's that may be like the happiest single thing that's ever been recorded it is like an absolute uh, distillation of just uh, pure joy let me uh write Don't you... yes Oh, did you remember this part from um, Love Actually when yeah. it's his wife's funeral and that song's playing? There we go. We're coming up in this great string with this middle section. Seriously, if the Temptations had only ever just done this middle section, it'd be worth it. Right here, and they lead up to it. They make you... It's this whole string section right here. Hypnotic, really. Oh, how great is that? Oh, just wonderful. All right, there you go. Celebrating Black Love Day all day long on the Rick Emerson Show. Here's Tim Riley. Well, hungry Haitians have resorted to eating dirt. It's uh, not as bad as you think. Hungry, hungry. Hungry, <laughs> hungry Haitians. I was totally going that way. Hungry, hungry Haitians. <laughs> they come to rely on a traditional Haitian remedy for hunger, cookies made of dried yellow dirt from the country's central plateau. Uh, these cookies are made of dirt, salt, and vegetable shortening. They become a regular meal. Uh, merchants trek the dirt from a central town of La Hinch to the Lasoline Market. It's a maze of tables of dirt. Women buy the dirt and process it into mud cookies. Uh, carrying buckets of dirt and water up ladders to the roof of a former prison where the cookies are made. It's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> they strain out the rocks and clumps of of grass. Can I move there? Aww. They stir in vegetable shortening and salt, and they pat the mixture into mud cookies and leave them to dry under the scorching sun. Jesus Christ. The finished cookies are carried in buckets to markets and sold down the streets. I'm glad that we're spending all that money in Iraq, because it's not like... Clearly, there are no other countries that need a helping hand at this point. Haitian doctors say, quote, Trust me, when I see someone eating dirt cookies, I will discourage it, unquote. Yeah, do you think? Jesus. All right, well, there you go. Just cross that off your vacation list. No, Haitian. 
mud cookies. Asia, Haiti, stay away. I'm not going to Haiti this year. Stay away from Haiti this year. It just seems seems like we we could be all of this trillion jillion dollars we're spending every week for Iraq. Doesn't it seem like that could be spent? I don't know, teaching people not to eat dirt. Sometimes sometimes you don't even really need a joke. They just write themselves. Well, they're just cultural differences, yeah. really. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick. Hello. It's Julia the Job Shadower. Julia the Job, uh, and soon soon to be make make upper maker upper cosmetician to the corpses, to- yeah. cosmetician to the dead. That's right. What's up? How are things? Uh, not bad. Just want to say, uh, I guess happy Black Love Day. Yes. Well, of course. It's <laughs> yeah. From all of happy us to all of us. Happy Black Love Day to you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I uh, one year anniversary for me. Is this of what? Of oh, is of of coming in here? Mm-hmm. Boy, how things have changed. So now, when you when you came in to do the job shadowing, was that like? I I kind of forget how that worked. Were you kind of with here uh, with us here in the studio most of the day, or was that like a Scotty thing? For the first hour and a half, I was with Scotty, and we <laughs> jokes about us. We <laughs> jokes about us doing each other's hair, and then I came into the the theater. What, what 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 do you mean? You and Scotty joked about doing each other's you hair. You joked about us doing each other's okay, hair. Okay, because okay, that's. Sounds like something I would say. It sounds like something Scotty might say after he <laughs> had a few, which wasn't like it wasn't like out of the question that that was the case. So yeah. All right. So you are about ready to graduate from school. Oh my gosh, so ready. And to be uh, to be plunged into the working world, the yeah. working world of the dead. What is that? We're, we'll have you in at some point to talk about this more when you get closer to it. But what is the first step in terms of? Like, it sounds like a dumb question, but there's like a special school that you have to go to to do makeup for corpses, or is that like on the, like between creative writing and like, you know, water polo? Like it's when actually you look at, downstairs from somewhere on the Mount Hood campus. I would My sister apparently had a class right above the place. I would imagine it's always downstairs. That's not a thing they want on the ground floors. East. You don't want that, you don't want people looking for the bursar's office to be walking by that. So, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Well, keep us in the loop. Let us know how it develops. Hi, there you go. There's uh, Julia. Who, so someday, so if we have an untimely death in the next 10 years, mm-hmm. might be her. Uh, not killing us, but doing it. Here's, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Uh, about Rolling Stones. I took a sociology class, class that was about folklore and, uh, and folk tales. Yeah. And, uh, and what they taught us there was that uh, originally the phrase that Rolling Stone uh, gathers no Ross, moss uh, was... Gathers yeah, no Ross, yeah, whatever, whoever it is, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, moss was comforting, so gathering no moss meant that you were rough and uh, and uncomfortable. Uh, but then around World War II, after World War II, the the meaning flipped, and people saw gathering moss as being uh, not getting. Let's anything. cut to the bottom of the page here. Do I want to gather moss or not? Well, nowadays you want to gather moss, yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, all right. Thank you. I'm smarter than I was ten seconds ago. That's good, uh, but don't put it on the dirt cookies. It doesn't go well at all with them. All right, thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's a very bad idea. Why not allow Mexican trucks to drive into the U.S.? Uh, the Bush administration is for go wrong. The Teamsters are against it. They seem to have some highfalutin idea that Mexican trucks are unsafe. They're big polluters. Have you ever seen the and, air and in there, Mexico? And there are safety has. I know it's reeking of, of feces. It's Bush responding to those that have supported him and his candidacy. Large corporations who have afforded jobs out of this country for low labor costs and now are trying to do the same thing. I'm not trying to Trucks pass. with two wheels. <laughs> 
People one of them dragging made a, their feet to stop them. <laughs> one of the wheels is made out of wood. I uh, square. What's the problem with Mexican tricks in the eye? I don't see what the I, problem would be to you. I'm not trying to pass judgment on an entire people, but boy, I mean, the There's air, not a people, it's their country. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's, well, it's, let me put it this way. It is the people who run their country who seem to be the ruling family. Almost no interest mm-hmm. in how everybody else lives right. and even less interest in like, you know, look, I'm not a big environmental guy, but if you walk outside and the air, I mean, if you can see air, that's a problem. I mean, I think I speak for all of us. And look, I, we, I say this as, a, as an American citizen, the home of Los Angeles. You're not supposed to be able to see the air. Uh, that is, that is, that's what we call a tell in poker. That's a giveaway. That's a little hint. That's like when on Battlestar Galactica, when they have those little white discs that turn black when they've been exposed to radiation. When your air turns from, you know, invisible to anything else, bad sign. Clean it. Jesus. Like they're going to listen. No, that's not going to. Just send the trucks here. It's not a problem. <laughs> Just send them on over. All right. Uh, the search for the next American Idol has reached a new phase on last night's edition of the program. Uh, Simon Cowell lost his cool with fellow Judge Paula Abdul. Paula, yes or not? Kyle, I think... <laughs> that whatever song that you select, we will have the amazing spirit that you bring. I'm that really I drunk. Love. It doesn't I matter what I can't listen to this rubbish anymore. Matter. I'm going to say no. Do you suppose that, uh, that how much of that is played up? or do you, Because she's oh, obviously sure like half in the bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Simon Cowell and those guys, that they just... You can hear his frustration anytime he talks to her. And then no matter how much they're paying you, at a certain point, I mean, not that he, you know, it's not worth it. Cause I'd he, continue cause he to take it. There. Oh, no, I mean, and he does. He continues to take it. But, I mean, it, it, the fact that you're being paid a jillion dollars for it doesn't make her any less stupid. Do you know what I mean? I like suppose it, it doesn't make a, a dumb person smart, and it doesn't make it any easier to just sit there and listen to her vainly try to string together syllables, uh, you know, to something resembling a sentence. It's not like some parrot only knows a few choice phrases. <laughs> well, that's the thing is at least the parrot can get the phrases out correctly. That's true. She can't. It's like someone has removed her tongue for large sections of that. Well, the uh, striking members of the Raiders Guild of America are back to work today. It was a 14-week wor- walkout. At a press conference, the guild leader said the strike was worth every minute. I hope it's been a learning experience on both sides. I hope we don't have to do this again. Uh, so CBS has set return dates for 14 primetime shows, including CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, How I Met Your Mother, and Two and a Half Men. The network set the date as Hollywood writers return. How I Met My Mother, Two and a Half Men, and Big Bang Theory will come back March 17th. They'll make nine new episodes before the season ends. CSI Miami and Cold Case, my favorite show on CBS, will return in late March. Others set for uh, for uh, April returns include CSI, Angle CSI. Now, what what network is that Bones program on? No, that's Fox. Okay, so but but uh, Cold Case is your favorite program on CS on CBS. That's correct. Yes. Now, is Cold Case where they pick songs from whatever year that the Cold Case murder happened and play them throughout the show? Now, is it a dramatization of real cases, or is it is it totally fictional, or is it like a unsolved mysteries thing? It's totally fictional and unsolved mystery. So what is the what is the gimmick? Is the gimmick that it's cases from like 50 years ago, or Could from whatever 50, year? Five, whatever year. And then the music is all from that year. Uh huh. See, that's kind of cool. You know what? It's I, an expensive show if they have to pay all that every week for well, the episode. Well, the thing about CBS though is CBS is tied in with Columbia Records, so they might get a deal on some of that. I. What do you want to bet that if you were to analyze that show, mm-hmm. the songs they use from whatever 1982 are all from the Columbia Records catalog, which that means that CBS just licenses them to themselves. And, of course, there's some white guy in a room getting his cut. But it's they, a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it, they, I really like shows like that. They, they all have the cro- 
crime crime solving and crime fighting shows almost all have to have a gimmick. If you I think, love CSI. I you know can I tell you this? I'm a bad American. I've never watched CSI. I never watched CSI either. Do you feel like you're? Do you feel like maybe not, it's probably not a program for you because it seems very graphic? But do you feel like you're missing out on some sort of thing because everybody watches it? I have a low attention span for things like that. You mean for 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 graphic whatever? Well. Elongated programs that make you watch every second as things build up. So you like to be able to wander in and out of the room as it's playing? Well, that and songs keep my attention, and that's why I watch Cold Case Files. No, that's true. That's... See? But they must know that the general public is like that, too. Especially, I think, with TiVo. I think that TiVo is making us... Uh, like, I find myself doing this with the TiVo. The TiVo is presumably there, mm. so you can watch an hour-long show in, like, 42 minutes or whatever by dint of skipping the commercials. But do you find yourself doing this now that you have a TiVo? You'll have five different programs sitting there that you all want to watch, and and you will flip back and forth between pre-recorded programs. Not like flipping back and forth between what's on TV live and what you got waiting in the queue. But, I mean, I will watch, like, you know, I'll watch 10 minutes of The Shield, and then I'll watch 15 minutes of Mythbusters, and I'll watch nine minutes of How It's Made, then I go back to The Shield. I find that the TiVo has taken my already minuscule attention span and diminished it even further. So that's a good gimmick, though, the songs. That would keep... No, yeah. I'm going to watch that now. Hold on. Cold Case Files. Now, does this... Does the on end, Sunday nights Cold on CBS. Does, um, and really, uh, that promo just played again with Rob Morrow from Numbers. Numbers is a pretty great show, actually. If, you, if you're into, if you into cop shows, <laughs> I know talk pretty. Uh, if you are into cop shows, it's, a, it's kind of a cool program. And the gimmick is, again, it's all these nerds in a room solving problems with math. All of it, I, I guess, maybe plausible somehow in some weird alternate reality. But it's, you know, it's, that kind of, it's like that kind of CSI stuff that... I guess it's theoretically possible that you know it would never work in the real world. There's that whole thing now where uh, district attorneys so that they they have the, the hell of a problem convicting anybody now because jur- juries all want to see like some big DNA thing where it's like on the you know where where, the, where they're showing uh, it, like all of the scientific uh, the microbial evidence or whatever that just doesn't like, doesn't really exist in the real world. Cold case files. All right, I'm all over that. It's repeated on uh, uh, TNT. Well, even older episodes on Tuesday nights, I think, at 10. I will completely watch that. All and right. Reruns of Bones is also on TNT right before Cold now, And that's the David Boreanaz thing? Yeah. It's a great show, but it got too graphic for me. Is it? Well, that, I, can't, I can't watch people's guts hanging out. <laughs> or their brain matter splattered all, all over the side of a car. That is just too much. It's like you're in the dial group, mm-hmm. and like when guts hanging out comes up, you, no, you turn it to zero. Right. Um, it's, it's a good show, though. Now, here's my question about this writer's strike. Does that mean... Does the did the end of the writer strike mean that we're not as promised gonna get uh, Dexter on CBS? Because remember they were gonna take Dexter oh, yeah. off Showtime yeah. and put it on CBS to fill the gap, and I'm kind of interested in that because well it's gonna take a few weeks to get these things back going again. I suppose because it's a you know I know it's gonna be all cut down because it's a Showtime program or whatever, but it's like I don't want to pay for Showtime and it's too much too much work to go steal something. So and I don't really care enough to rent it. So I was curious I was looking to get like a free sample of Dexter in February. So I wonder if that's still gonna be happening. I'll have to find out. We work for CBS. It seems like somebody ought to be able to tell us these things. We should have, like, a phone on the wall for questions about CBS. That's what I'm saying. Or, but yeah. they send us all these crazy websites. Where you just... And do you get this? Do you get, like, 600 CBS update emails a day? I do. And but they're you, all about people I don't know. That's the thing. And it's all describing stuff that you don't understand and that you can't figure out. I don't care what's going on in New York unless I work there. <laughs> I'll care if they bring me there. Or not till then. Or if a guy in New York is firing us. We yeah. care about that. Otherwise... Like, why am I reading this? Well, because somebody's funeral got 82,000 views. I mean, that's really it. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so Lost airs the third of eight all-new episodes tomorrow night. The show was shot prior to the writer's strike. Lost star Terry O'Quinn, who plays Lucky, 
says even though the strike has been resolved, he's quite he's not quite sure when the cast and crew will be back to work again. Until I hear something from you know the voice I recognize of the, the people who actually employ me, I'm not going to believe anything because rumors fly like crazy around in this business. The strongest rumor I've heard is that we'll be back to work in about a month. Uh, he says his character is somewhat radical. When he was saved from death and <laughs> pulled out of that hole full of bones by Jacob or the island or whoever that was, the expression, I guess, that I've been using is he got religion, which made him uh, he's a, a little crazy. Apparently, a Mariah Carey's a new single, Touch My Body, hits the radio airwaves today. Okay, so can you stop there for a second? I hate the sound like my dad. I can't understand a single word in that song. Can you play it again? Sure. But you're not supposed to. Artists just make special guest appearances during periods of noise and songs. Well, now. she's singing like the like the stain or a sin. Let's go from John Locke to Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. It's a natural transition. Sure. <laughs> YouTube? YouTube? Is she singing about YouTube? And I heard camera in there somewhere. Okay, camera again. Here. Can you start that again? It All right. Says, Touch my body. I I heard camera up in here. And then I swear to you, she's singing YouTube, YouTube. I mean, I just, I don't understand. It, she's like that Feist girl that was singing at the Grammys. Mm -hmm. I love Feist. Yeah. She's adorable. She's adorable. You know what she's not? Is a good singer live, though. Mm. It was like, all, she's very charming. She's sort of like Jill Sobule on Novocaine, though, where she couldn't really form the words. It was like, that, that, Have you seen her video for one, two, three, four? No, but I... You would fall in love with her. It is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. I don't know if this is the case, but if she's it, she's if she's not on the Juno soundtrack, she really ought to be. She's like an honorary member of the Juno soundtrack with that song she played. Uh, okay, play that again. I, I heard you too. If you run your mouth and brag about our secret rendezvous. Why do you understand that? That's like one of those ringtones that only 18-year-olds can hear on KCMD Portland. Touch my body. Ah, this song bores me. That's what I mean. They've mixed her way down there. So this is a feature production from Jermaine Dupree and really and Will I Am. Now. Did, did they have no imagination <laughs> to take a full name and turn it into three different names? Exactly. Will, I, am. There are periods between the will and between the I and the M. Well, that's like, who was that? That's ridiculous. Who was that flavor of the month? Will, was, I, am. Who was from like two and a half years? She will, was the, I, won't. She was the, the she was 2004's uh, female black singer that all white women in the suburbs had to love. Alicia Keys? India Ari. Oh. Remember her? Well, because it was Lauren Hill. And it was Macy Gray one year, and it was—it's like every year, like Starbucks moms find a female black singer that they embrace as a sister, and it's just embarrassing for all of us. Um, India Ari, well, like Macy Gray. That's what I'm saying. It was, it was Alicia Keys, Macy Gray, Lauren Hill before that. Oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, but India Ari had that dot between her first name and her last name, and it looked like it's like somebody leaned on the keyboard at the wrong moment. Yeah. Let's go with it. Um, well, first of all. So Jermaine Dupree, why would anybody have Jermaine Dupree producing anything at this point? You want to talk about the, the reverse Midas touch. That guy produces your record. Uh, I mean, you'll be lucky if the record makes it to the store before it just crumbles away into nothing. Because mm -hmm. um, he tried to engineer that comeback of Janet Jackson's, which went uh, poorly. Um, 
Let's see. I'm surprised that guy can even reach the knobs in the studio. And uh, secondly, uh, Will I Am. So here's another embarrassing thing that he's involved with. It's not just this uh, ill-fated Mariah Carey uh, project. So Will I Am is. Did you see this thing that Michael Jackson is re-releasing a new version of Thriller? I heard that a long time ago. Not like a remix. Yeah. Not a remaster. He's redone it, and he's re he's re-releasing it as though he can. It's like like in Superman too, as though if he if he works hard enough, he can just spin the globe backward and it becomes 1983 again. So he's re-releasing Thriller. It's redone front to back with wait for it many guest celebrities. One of them is Will I Am, uh, who is on whatever the song is or whatever. So anyway, so well, no one cares. No, nobody does. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there's no reason to feel like a loser just because you're single this Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's a word from Dr. Scott B. of the Cleveland Clinic. I think you have to look at the real results of relationships in our culture. Many people uh, are unhappy that are in relationships. And yeah. I think you have to watch uh, for setting yourself up by saying, I have to be in a relationship in order to be happy. That seems to be a, a mistake. We call it a, a thinking error. No need to feel like a loser. Sir. <laughs> That's from where, Tim? Uh, the Cleveland Clinic. Excellent. All right. Uh, David Cassidy claims he'll be spending his Valentine's Day in Winnipeg, Manitoba. He has a show scheduled for both tonight and tomorrow. What does a David Cassidy show consist of? I don't know. I mean, he sings, I think I love you. Well, he says everyone else gets a night off, but we're in the entertainment business. <laughs> really? We are? Are we David Cassidy's colleagues? Uh, David Cassidy's been married uh -huh. for nearly 17 years, he says. He doesn't wait for a, a designated date to have a romantic evening with his wife but takes advantage of nights he's not working, like most of them, to make time special together. Let me ask you this. Did you ever hear that terrible, terrible... Talking about guys who are trying to turn back the hands of time. I mean, let me dovetail back to Michael Jackson for a second. Don't get me wrong. I love Michael Jackson as a performer. I really do. Um, you know, and, and even his later projects, which got kind of slighted, had some good moments. Um, that history collection he put out had some, some cool original tracks. Um, Dangerous had its moments. He, there was this song, the lead track on Dangerous, which is the one that came out after Bad. Dangerous had uh, Keep It in a Closet, and it had um, Give In to Me and some other stuff. Black or White, that was the hideous song of that. Dangerous, though, had this song called Jam, featuring, of all people, Heavy D. That uh, was just so good. It was it was really amazing. It was a great, great song. Um so, Michael Jack, it's not like he just did Thriller and then nothing else was good. I mean, you go back and listen to Bad, that still holds up, a lot of that stuff. Um, but it, it, when you put, you, you can't just keep going back to that. That's it, because then you're just George Lucas. Then you're the George Lucas of the R&B. We're not just going to put out Thriller again, this time with slightly different lyrics and different artists on it. So, that's just a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. Um... Let's see. What was I talking about? Something thriller? What were we just discussing? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Re-releasing thriller. Cleveland Clinic. Cleveland Clinic. Valentine's Don't Day. feel like a loser. David Cassidy. So, speaking of going back to the well, so did you ever hear that awful uh, version of um, I Think I Love You that David Cassidy put out uh, Not that one, about no. ten years ago? It was like a, it was like a, we, Sarah's got this top five she's working out of top five uh, mood breaking songs like songs that a guy would conceivably think of as being sexy and yet are not sexy in any way. So that David Cassidy, for those who are under the age of whatever, had this song in the 70s. You know, I think I love you, but what am I so afraid of? 
it sounds just like the um, theme to Tales from the Crypt. If you know that's it's you know dun 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 dun. I love that theme. You know what? Danny Elfman stole the Tales from the Crypt theme from David Cassidy's "I Think I Love You." That's just a fact. So I will uh, I'll play "I Think I Love You" here, and then I will play you his own. I hope that I can find it here. His own terrible, terrible remake of that. Just like enough, like thirty seconds of it. Right, let's see. I think I love you, uh, David Cassidy. I'm just trying to figure out, like, if he performs for 90 minutes, you've got I think I love you. He probably has lots of medleys. Maybe. Yeah, he might do that. You're right. Maybe he it's might. an acoustic show. Let's an, an evening unplugged with David Cassidy. Let me see if I can get this to play. This is uh, the original I think I love you. Um, see if I can um, see if I can get him to play. If I get this to uh, to function here. Oh, there's been another uh, strong earthquake in Indonesia. Now they put out a tsunami alert. Oh, Jesus. Tsunamis are bad. There. That's the good one, isn't it? Yeah, but listen to how much that's the Tales from the Crypt theme, first of all. I mean, it's it's the same song. I'm amazed that Danny Elfman didn't... I love Danny Elfman. But I'm amazed he didn't get sued. Oh, I love this. All right. I mean, it's kind of a cool song. All so right. That wouldn't be a turnoff if a gentleman caller played it in his residence. No, I kind of like that. That would yeah. be quirky. It'd be sort of funny, you know? Let's see. Now, is there the awful... Oh, now I'm going to... See, now I'm not going to have the other one. Now I'm going to find it. I'm I'm, not I have be able... the Tales from the Crypt one. The, uh, I'm trying to find the awful version of, of I Think I Love You. Um... Do you have the Tales from the Crypt theme? Ew, no, I found the wrong one. All right, it was well, the evil, we'll, like, heavy metal all right. one. All right, well, uh, let's do another story here, and I'll try to find this other uh, this other David Cassidy song. I never thought I'd be saying that. Beware, a Valentine's Day computer virus is coming to you. The FBI said the virus is sent through Valentine e-cards. The bogus email directs you to click on a link to retrieve the card. You're clicking right into a trap. Don't do it. Don't. Seize candy as we're calling... 16-ounce semi-sweet chocolate chips because they contain milk. Uh, the chips are sold in a black and white bag and are distributed to retail shops in Oregon, Washington, California, along with, well, several western states, all the way to Texas, as a matter of fact. Uh, return the chips to the store where you bought them and receive a brand spanking new box of Seize Candy. Brand spanking new is kind of an unpleasant phrase. Mm-hmm. Do you have the, uh, what do you have over there, sir? What do you, what have you got? Oh, this is the Tales from the Crypt thing. Yeah. watching this on Saturday nights when I was younger. It's kind of got bad CGI in the beginning when it's going down the staircase. Well, this is going to plague me now because I can't find this other version of I think I... Yeah, it's totally... This is totally stolen from David Cassidy. Who steals from David Cassidy? Some wily thieves. <laughs> well, you know why? Because that's the one place nobody will look. Nobody will think that's all this is David Cassidy. <laughs> that's the one crime no one will ever suspect you of. <laughs> I used to think this intro was so cool. It's it is. still cool. It's, it's kind of cool. It's a pretty cool show, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, now with more news. Tim Riley. A mountaintop property located next to the Hollywood sign that was once owned by Howard Hughes is for sale. A group of investors is putting 138 acres of land just west of the H for Hollywood side. On the market, the asking price, $22 million. It offers a stunning 360-degree panoramic view of the Los Angeles Basin and the valley. Uh, the land atop the 1,800-foot Cahunga Peak consists of 
Five legal lots, and the ridges at the top are nice and smooth. The sign is uh, just below and east of the property. The ridges at what? <laughs> the what? The ridges at the top are nice and smooth. Perfect for constructing homes. Oh, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. It's right next to Griffith Park. Okay. You want me to continue? Yes, more than anything. A, uh, a Hartford, Alabama man has been charged with two misdemeanors for allegedly staging his own shooting, which put him in the hospital, just to get sympathy from family members. <laughs> Excellent. Charles Hatcher has Hatcher. been indicted on charges of obstruction of justice and giving false information to the police. Uh, they found uh, Hatcher in a cotton field with bullet wounds to his back. He shot himself Ooh. in the back. How do you even and sh- another on the back of his leg. He spent three days in the hospital. How do you shoot yourself in the back? That's some Agatha Christie, and then there were none crap going on there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, apparently, uh, he has admitted to uh, staging his own shooting to get sympathy from family members. Now, but, I mean, is that is, is that where he had somebody do it, like someone shoot him, or is that where, like, he, like, constructed something to do it? Does it say, does it clarify how that happened? I'm looking here. No, it doesn't. So now, now it's going to bug me forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Oh, I found it here. Hatcher threatened an employee with firing if he wouldn't shoot him. Really? Yes. If you don't shoot me, You're I'll fired. fire you right now. Well, okay. It's got to be that way. There All aren't right. that many jobs in Alabama, really. Here's Tim Riley. No red roses for Saudi sweethearts, please. Saudi Arabia's religious police have banned red roses ahead of Valentine's Day, forcing couples in the conservative Muslim nation to think of new ways to show their love. This comes from the Commission for the Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. Fun-loving organization they must mm-hmm. be. They've ordered florists and gift shop owners in the capital to remove any items colored scarlet because it is widely known for symbolizing love. Uh, they visited us last night, said one florist shop. It is not unusual for the city vice squad to camp down, uh, clamp down ahead of Valentine's Day, which it sees as encouraging relations between men and women. What do they encourage? I think just sitting in, in, in a hole being miserable. It doesn't really sound that way. Well, can I watch TV? No. Can I paint something? No. Can I have sex? No. Can I uncover two square inches in my butt? No. I think it's just a whole lot of, you know. So our Saudi Arabian friends. Being mar- our partners in peace, Tim. Uh, they prevent unrelated men and women from mixing, banning women from driving, and demands that women wear a headscarf and a cloak. Relations outside of marriage are strictly banned and punishable by law. Great country that is, isn't it? Really? Don't you, don't you get the feeling we're, we're mis-aiming over there? I think that'll make a great place to test new weapons. <laughs> I do it on our soil. I mean, no, that really is true. And we got all this waste to store. Disneyland's always looking for a place to expand. Plus, we can steal all the sand and give it to the Haitians. They'd love to eat it. <laughs> Which... <laughs> the... Uh... So if we add, we give them sand for their dirt cookies. Mm-hmm. So it becomes sort of a uh, Mrs. Fields. It's sort, of, it's sort of a taupe-colored Jimmy for their for their cookies. That's a terrible thing to say. I don't feel bad. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, England's Commissioner for Children and the Civil Liberties Group have joined in the campaign to ban high-frequency devices intending to drive misbehaving children from shops. This is a we should have this in America. This is uh, called a mosquito device. It puts out high-frequency noises, which frighten young children. <laughs> and it is not heard by people over 20. This is terrific. How come this isn't done here? Now, it is sort of done here. In fact, I'll, I'll play something in just a moment that does this. All right. This device is a quick fix and does not tackle the root tr- cause of the problem. Which is that children are little bastards. 
There's some 3,500 of these devices made by a, a Welch company already in use. Uh, apparently, uh, let's see, the devices do not tackle the real problem, say the complainers, which is that children have no place to gather other than on streets. We think it is a powerful uh, symptom of which we call the malaise at the heart of our society. I love the word malaise. Uh, imagine an outcry if a device was introduced that caused blanket discomfort to people of one race or gender oh, rather than our kids. Shut it. The mosquito has no place in the country that values its children and seeks to instill them with dignity and respect. I say keep using it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but they ought to let you, they, they ought to equip you, uh, equip you, they ought to equip you with ringtones or, you know, like little sounds that, that will drive people of your choosing away. Like, you know, like one that just gets rid of old people. You know? Like what? Or people from, uh, Wales. Uh, well, okay, now, now listen to this now. Um, my friend Bridget said this to me. So this is what the kids are using now. And we talked about this once a long time ago, but now it's been expanded. So, uh, there are apparently... Uh, there are uh, frequencies that you lose as you age. So as you hit a certain age, you're here, especially if you work in certain careers, uh, radio or perhaps standing next to a big thing that goes, ah, all day, you know, or whatever. Um, it, you lose hearing as you, you know, as you age, but it's always the high frequencies. In other words, it's not like a bass tone, but it's like a hi-hat symbol kind of tone that you lose. So what they've now done, these uh, the kids with their internets, they've created a whole series of ringtones that only children can hear so that parents and teachers don't know when you've got a text message or a phone call in class. Um, oh, I remember us talking about it, but, but I could hear all of them. Yeah, but so here we get, it's so great, too, you can tell that a, uh, that a kid put this together. The ultrasonic ringtone, all caps, that adults can't hear! 50 exclamation marks, 11 So... They, but the great thing now is they've got it broken out by age. So, for example, now I'll just play some of these. So here's one that everybody can hear. Oh. Oh, my God. Well. Oh. <laughs> oh, but that see, hurt. Everyone can hear it. You I don't think we're going to hear much of anything <laughs> after that. Everyone can hear that. Uh, okay. Yes, that's like a dentist drill. <laughs> now we're going to work our way down the list. Here's one that should be hearable by 60 and younger. People 60 and younger. Were you able to hear that, Tim? Yes. Okay. Here's one that should only be hearable by people 50 and younger. I can hear that. Sarah, Sarah you can hear it, Tim? Yes. You can hear it? Yes. All right. Okay. This one's hearable by people 49 and younger. That's weird that there's a difference 49 and 50. People 49 and younger. Tim? I can hear that. I can hear that. Sarah? Yes. Okay, I can hear it too. 39 and younger. Tim, your hearing is exceptional. Although we're 39, so we'll, we'll start affecting you any moment. Okay, now. let's hear it. Um, 39 and younger. I can hear that. Sarah? Yeah, I can hear that. Okay, here we go. 30 and younger. Theoretically, I should not be able to hear this. I can hear that. Okay. You could totally hear that, couldn't you, Rick? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 24 and younger. I can hear that. I can totally hear that. I think this. Skip right down. I think this is wrong. Let's do it. Yes, I can. I can hear them all. All right. This is weird, actually. I wonder if this is a thing, a function of my computer, because I was actually listening to this upstairs in my office, and once it got below thirty, I couldn't hear them. I wonder if maybe it's. Uh, I wonder if this is a function of my flash play or something. Mm. Well, or maybe we just all have. Su can totally hear that. Yeah. That's weird. I wonder if this is. I wonder if the site is somehow if they've changed them or if they've been augmented somehow. Because before it was kind of freaking me out earlier. I was up in the office like a day or two ago and I was I was listening to these ringtones, and once it got below thirty, 
I, goddamn, I couldn't hear any of them. Like, it was, I would press it, and it was just silence. So that's weird. I wonder if that's just... Hey, Sarah, go to this website. Okay. It's all one word. It's free mosquito, like the uh, creature. Free mosquito ringtones.org. Free mosquito ringtones.org. Okay. Okay, now, there's a, if you go to the middle of the page, it says frequency and age range. And you want to click the play button, which is just a little, okay, little red arrow. Okay, which one for everyone? Try like uh, 30 and younger. Oh, wait, hang on. I can um, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always have like 75 windows open and I never listen to... All right, here we go. Okay, so this is 30 and younger. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can hear that. Ah. Can you hear that, Tim? Yes. All right. Okay, let's drop down. Let's try 24 and younger. Okay, 24 and younger. I can hear that. I can. Hear I can that. hear that. There are four. There are three of them. Though. Okay. Them? Yeah. Keep keep going down there. I can hear that. I, can I hear wonder that. if it's because we have headphones on. I wonder if this will be hearable if it was out in the open air. I can hear, I that. Can hear that one. You can hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can barely hear that one. Uh oh. That's here. Tinnitus. I can hear that. I hear like a. You can be, you can barely hear it. Yeah. I can hear it loud and clear. Really? Club disease. All right. Let's try another one. Oh, I can't. I can hear that. Yeah. I can barely hear that. (laughs) I can totally hear it. It sounds like a needle being put on a record to me. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. And what age are we at now? Eighteen and younger. I can't hear anything. I can hear the click and click. I can hear it stopping and starting. I can't hear the tone. See what I mean? There's. But if you're eighteen and younger, we should totally get a kid in here. Like the next time Susan's uh, kids are here. Yeah. I can can hear that one. That's twenty-four. But you go to eighteen, you can't hear anything. It doesn't matter. That's we'll level be 18 again. So weird. I mean, it's just strange, though. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anyway, that that website is freemosquitoringtones.org. Test your hearing today. I don't like you? that. That's what I, but see, doesn't it make you feel weird that there's, like, stuff that, A, kids can totally be getting one over on you now. For now. You're told that, that well, okay, let me tell you this. Can I just, and then we'll continue with the news. Here's, here's another freaky thing. Um, Richie can't hear anything below 50. <laughs> <laughs> In your face. Um... When you start filling out demographic information, like in a survey or at a website or something, when you find yourself falling into a new category, like there's, you know, like if you sign up for whatever, something online or a website, it'll say, how old are you, 18 to 34 or 35 to 55 or whatever. The day that you have to, like, switch categories and put yourself in, like, 35 oh, to 50 or box. something. Yeah, when you're in the new box, that's no good. Here's Tim Riley. I don't feel that old. <laughs> totally. Well, I feel 16. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of so, uh, Indonesia, where nothing good ever happens, issued a tsunami alert and uh, called it off. They did have a big earthquake, though, of 5.9. Meanwhile, Indonesian commuters riding on the roofs of trains will be sprayed with a colored liquid so they can be identified and arrested. Electric trains uh, linking the Indonesian capital with its neighboring towns are packed with passengers during rush hour, with many sitting on the roof due to a lack of space inside the train, or some just do it to avoid pain. After several failed attempts to discourage these roof riders, the state railroad authority will then douse them with a colored liquid so officers can identify them when they get off the train. We will confiscate their IDs and give them a ticket. We will send a copy of the ticket to their family, their neighborhood head unit, their employer, and if they're students, their headmasters. Jesus. Although legal, roof riding is rampant in Indonesia. At least 35 uh, roof riders have been killed in the past two weeks. Wow. That seems like a bad... That's like Well, the... that's a step above eating dirt. Riding on the roof of an Indonesian train and being sprayed with liquid. <laughs> you know, it, sometimes it sounds like we're just mocking other cultures. 
No one respects them. No? Well, sometimes. Uh, I'm just saying, do you ever just hear these stories, though, about, like, like people in Haitia? Haitia. I keep Haiti. saying that. People in Haiti, <laughs> Haitians, people in Haiti eating dirt, or guys in Indonesia riding on trains and being sprayed with a viscous purple goo. Do you ever hear these stories? Or, like, women in Saudi Arabia who, like, you know, like they lifted the veil to like look and see if the veil. Potato chip. Yeah. <laughs> Forty lashes. Like they peeked out the front door to see if a package had come, and a guy comes in and you know you have defiled the law. You know, and beats them with a with a, with a stick. Do you ever hear those stories? You just think, Jesus. Uh, you know, America's got its problems, but boy, did I win the lottery. Boy, yeah. did I really. Boy, did I luck out in being born here. Because if you think about it. If there's 5 billion people and there's 300 million of them here, mm. I don't know what it, that, that's like a one in whatever chance. I don't know what that's a, a one in 15 chance, I guess, something mm. like that. I mean, really, the, the odds are long that you will be born anywhere good. Well, plus, you know, America, you go down the cookie aisle, there are several choices, <laughs> not just one. Not just dirt. You can get dirt double stuff. Dirt striped. <laughs> dirt ahoy. <laughs> E.L. Dirt. <laughs> dirt Ahoy! <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus. All right, now I'm getting email from listeners who are all like, I'm deaf! Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey. So, uh, I, I could not hear about half of those, and I'm 16. Well, what do you spend your free time doing? Maybe firing a gun right next to your head? <laughs> no. Generally playing video games and educational stuff. I'm homeschooled, so... And educational stuff. How um, old are you? 16. 16. So you're homeschooled? Yes. Are your parents uh, A, religious, B, nutty, C, a combination of the above two, or D, just filled with uh, hatred towards the American educational system? Um, a little bit of nutty, but mainly it's because... I went to sixth grade and had the worst teacher ever combined with the worst class ever. Well, schools generally suck, sir. They're just a way to keep hooligans off the street. Let's all admit that. Um, uh, so, uh, all right, so you were unable to hear half of them. Like, what What was the age cutoff? Um, well, it wasn't exactly, it wasn't half on one side and half of the other. It was about half spread through the whole thing. Well, that just means you have a defective brain. I, it's, just, it's probably some sort of a worm that's eating its way through your head. That would be my guess. The family of weevils and that 8-30% of your brain? Indeed. Indeed, sir. Um, so that explains why you're listening to us today, not in class, because your home is your classroom. How does yeah. that, well, this is a good... Now, we, I don't think we've had a homeschool guy in here before. This is a good chance. Uh, how does that work? Um, pretty much. Is it like your mom or your dad or somebody that teaches you, or do they bring in a tutor? Um, it varies. So, for some people, for some homeschool families, there's a tutor. For some people, it's the parents teaching. But um, I mean, for, for you, like how? Who for teaches me, you? it's uh, we get whatever necessary textbooks we need, and I teach myself. And social studies, I do with my mom. With right. language arts and math, I teach myself. And if I have trouble with something, I ask my mom or now, my dad. For, now, now, please, now, don't take this the wrong way. But I mean, are your parents? I mean, are your parents, like, really learned people, or do they have a lot of education themselves, or would you say they're run-of-the-mill? How does... Because, like, my... I got to tell you, my, my dad couldn't... Uh, my dad could teach me exactly jack and squat. There's just nothing my dad could have taught me. It varies. That they didn't take any particular special education. They didn't get a degree in teaching or whatever, but my dad was really good at math when he was in high school, so pretty much any time 
I have a math thing that I don't understand to ask him. Is there somebody from the state who comes and checks up to make sure that you're learning stuff, that you're not just sitting there at home, I don't I, know, like looking at midget porn sites or something? I take the same uh, tests that people in public school take right. and actually do better than them. So, now, can you, you graduate... Know. Can you finish early? So, in other words, the the American system keeps kids off the street for, you know, whatever, 13 years or something until they're 18. If you work extra hard and just get all your crap done, could you be done with high school, like, now? I'm not certain. I will say I have several homeschool friends who are currently taking more college classes than non-college classes. Now, so. uh, your homeschooled friends, are they your friends because they are also homeschooled and so you have something in common? Or, like, or do you have friends who go to the public school system? Um, I have a couple of friends who go to public school, but mainly what happened was my mom started talking to some homeschoolers on the internet, or parents of homeschoolers, right. when we were looking at the possibility of homeschooling, and we went to meet one of these homeschooler parents, and I became friends with that person's daughter, and became friends with her friends. All right, do we have advice for this homeschooled person when it comes to, what is your name, sir? Andy. Andy, do we have advice for Andy uh, for his eventual acclimation into the social structure that he is now sort of missing out well, on? Well, Andy, do you go out, um, like on the weekends, do you go to shows? Or? Do you have hobbies? Um, let me well, ask you this. Hold on. Let me, let me, I have a life about as much as Rick has a life. Yes, but I'm 35 and married, Andy. These are the prime years of your life. Do you have, Let me ask you this. Do you have hobbies that do not involve uh, either a cable or DSL? Yes. Okay. So. I actually go... Go to, there's a dance I go to every month. We, please, I play games with my friends. Please tell me this is not a dance just for other homeschooled people. No, it's not a homeschool-only dance. It's a people we all know dance. Clog dancing? <laughs> no. Barn raising? What kind of dance? What kind of dance is this? What sort of music is played there? Um, to be honest, I don't know because I try and duck out as quickly as possible. Well, this is a good sign. Uh, <laughs> do, you like, do you like listening to music? Yes. What? What? Who are your Who are your favorite artists? Um, I don't particularly have favorite artists. It's more specific songs, but basically, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Weird Al Yankovic, and Blue Man Group. Help this boy, Rick. Uh, no, what can I say? He's no, he's our target demographic. What do you want me to say? <laughs> what do you want me? To, like eighty percent of the audience is going, yeah, freaking a. Um. All right. Well, well fair do, enough. Do, do you Do you feel pretty happy in your life? Fairly, yes. Cool. All right, oh, then. and I and know the what? explanation of the all hat, no cattle thing. That's it's odd, like, but okay, go ahead. It's like saying all bark, no bite. All bark, no bite. Okay, so it's a Texas version of that. Yes. All right, sir. Uh, let me just end this phone call by asking, do you know where your towel is? Yes, but right. that's because my dad made a movie all about towels. All right, excellent. I knew he would. I knew he'd have an answer to that. All right, Andy. Well, thank you for listening. Spread the word uh, to your homeschooled brethren. Oh, I already have. Excellent. We're sowing the next generation of listeners right now. Yes. All right. Thank you, sir. Welcome. All right, there you go. That's Andy. I don't think he's missing anything by not socializing with people. No. But you know, I, I, nothing good will come out of it anyway. No. Yeah, that's the thing, Andy. You're gonna have to learn to avoid people in the future anyway. I guess you might as well go ahead and start on that now. Mm -hmm. I really wonder about the homeschooling thing, and not for him. I mean, you know, he seems fine with it, but I. It, I wonder, I wonder if I had it to do over again, if I would homeschool myself, like if I could go back and make the decision, because I hated school so much. I hated it. Well, nobody really likes school. <sighs> Maybe. No, but that's not true. There are people who like high school. And I don't mean to generalize. I don't mean to sound like some angry nerd who still, who still hates athletes. But I mean, because I, I, you know, I, I think I've moved past that. But um, Fatboy actually wrote an interesting blog a while back about, 
you know, geeks who also like typically non-geeky geeks who like sports or geeks who like whatever. And I'm, you know, it's fine. It's not like I bear a grudge about it now, but, but I do think, you know, I, I could think of a lot of people I went to school with who really did seem to be having a good time. I mean, they really seemed to be to really digging it. And I was not one of those people. I just, every day I was like, oh, F this. Why do I have to go back to this place? But I do wonder if in some way that was beneficial because, because let's just be honest. I mean, because getting up every day and going to a place for eight hours, a place that you don't want to be at but that you have to be at, you're forced to be there by circumstances beyond your control. It's filled with idiots and morons, people who aren't qualified to pass judgment on you doing so. It's full of children. <laughs> full of children, full of people with little petty grievances and infights. You think that it would be more healthy to sit at home with your parents every day? Well, but that's what I'm that's saying. Not, I, I no, really... no, no, but I'm saying it's not. I'm saying if I had to do over again, as tempting as it was, I think having to go off to a place for eight hours every day that's just filled with retards. Uh, it, well, you got to deal with the future retards. In exactly. Your life. You, that's exactly what I'm saying. Fast forward to the world of work. Mm-hmm. That's that really is what it 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 really does. It helps you gird for the uh, for the workplace. Jesus. No, I, I agree. I always look forward to the weekend going to school because I used to be a weekend jock, even at a young age. So I, I hung around with all the Ron Burgundies of the world who are much older than me anyway. I think about that, too. And then we have to break here, and we'll come back with uh, Mr. Skin. Some more news. Sarah's Top 5 coming up. Oh, uh, some a uh, little bit of shop talk we'll do here in a second. Um, but, you see, that's another thing. Do, do you feel like in a weird... Weird's the wrong way to put it. Do you feel like, though, in, in, a, in, in a way, you did get a sort of supplementary education by going to school during the day, but then working in radio on the side where you're hanging out with, because at least it was this way for me. I remember starting in radio, 15, 16, and guys who were like 35 and 40 didn't treat you like a 16-year-old. Right. The guys I worked with who were like 40 and just like, you know, whatever, just kind of beat beat down DJs were all grubby. Because you already have that much in common with them. Yeah. And they're kind of misfits anyway, or they they themselves wouldn't be in radio. And it's the same now that I'm almost as old as those people that I started hanging around with, and there are people younger than me, yep. but I don't think they're any different than I am. Exactly. Well, you know, a good example of that is somebody like, uh, well, it's like Kristen Bowie, who's mm-hmm. younger than I am, uh, Timmy Ryan, younger than I am, uh, you know, but it's, but I do view them all as peers. I mean, you right. don't, in a career like radio, and I think it's the same in a lot of entertainment-based careers, those age distinctions don't really matter. I do remember thinking how cool it was. And then I sort of moved on and just accepted it. But thinking how cool it was that when I was 15, you would get these DJs who seemed ancient to me, but who must have been maybe 30s, 40s, maybe, who just treated me like another guy who were there. Hey, Rick, how's it going, man? And then they're back on the request line trying to touch some chicken to smoking pot after they get off the air. They're <laughs> coming over to the studio to smoke hashish. It was always coming to the studio. Yeah. It was always coming to the studio. So what never... are you doing now, baby? Man, I, I knew this guy. And then we have to break. I, this one guy I knew. This is the sort of thing that doesn't really happen much anymore for various reasons, automation, and everybody's so finely attuned to the FCC. I remember in my hometown of Kennewick, I won't give his full name, there's a guy named, I won't even use his first name, a small town. Um, a guy I worked with, though, uh, at OK95 FM, I remember tuning in, he was the night jock. I remember tuning in around 9.45 one night, and he was having phone sex with some girl, and it was going over the air. Totally. he had the pot up. He, had it, he had it, he thought it was an audition. Yeah. He had the pot up, thought it was in audition, and basically what that means is when you have something in audition like that, it turns the micro. It's like a speakerphone, but it's 
closed circuit only. It's only in the control room. But when you flip it over into program, it starts going over the air. He thought he had the switch in audition. He had it in program. And I tune in and it's a whole lot of... And then I want to slide off those pretty pink panties. You know, I'm just thinking like, wow, Jesus. And as, as sort of interesting as it was, I couldn't listen. I turned it off. I could not listen to it because it's like it was embarrassing. And plus, you knew he was getting a beat down as soon as the program director here. Like, you know that there, that guy was going to get a pummeling later. All right. Uh, we'll break here. Come back. Mr. Skin. Uh, and then uh, later on, Sarah's Top 5. More news from uh, Tim Riley and uh, the whatever and the uh, the hey, hey. Let's see here. Hold on. Um, where did my song go? Oh, we have the latest Yahoo thing here. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, that's going to surprise people. All right. It is Black Love Day on the Rick Emerson Show and everywhere. We'll be back after this. You stay there. This song by NWA is not part of Black Love Month. Do you want to uh, throw it to me over here? We'll do. Uh, we'll do this instead. Yeah, the, uh... thank you. That's much better. Celebrating Black Love Day with the song stylings of NWA. Here we go. What a great song this is. And I think this is what they use in uh, Goodfellas, in that whole tracking shot where he goes into the club with Henny Young and him. Great song. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program celebrating Black Love Day all day long. It's 503-733-2970. Just a moment. Tim Riley, have ye more news? Oh, yes. Wonderful. Uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, our good friend Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. How are you? Black, happy uh, Black Love Day to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. How's life in the world of skin, brother? Well, it's, uh, it's always, uh, there's always good nudity to talk about, I can tell you that. And uh, one of the movies that's in theaters this weekend is George Romero's Scarefest Diary of the Dead, which Boy. will open on Friday. He's the guy that did Night of the Living Dead. Can so. I tell you this? Maybe it's a scary movie. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's good nudity. Maybe there isn't. It looks Terrible, though. I have to tell you, in terms of non-nudity, that looks like the worst thing that's ever been made. Well, it's actually getting decent reviews, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but an hour and 19 minutes in, there is a nude scene of girl. It's an anonymous girl, but a zombie gropes her, takes her top off, and uh, <laughs> it's zombie nudity. Yeah. So, yeah, an hour and 19 minutes in, the movie's Diary of the Dead will be in theaters on Friday. Now, uh, one of the big developments of 2007, I think, if you if you ask me what was my, what what will I remember most about 2007 in nudity, it would have to be the incredible skin being shown on cable series. And what I mean by that is like HBO's Tell Me You Love Me, uh, Tell Me You Love Me, Californication on Showtime, Dexter. A number of shows are not only showing nudity, but we're talking like. You know, like NC-17 caliber nudity, Excellent. and and it's it's really great. And HBO's Tell Me You Love Me season one is out on DVD. This oh wait, week. is Tell Me You Love Me the one that had like the full-on sex yep, scene yep, yep, uh, yep, to, yep. to completion? 
Yes, pretty much. And uh, like I said, it's it's better than what you'd see in an R-rated movie. And that's I'm, I'm just hoping shows like Tell Me You Love Me and Californication continue to do well, and uh, maybe more and more cable series will go this route because it's been a great development uh, in 2007. And season one of Tell Me You Love Me is out on DVD this week, uh, so check it out. And finally. Uh, on DVD at the new release section of your favorite video store, We Own the Night, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg, Robert Duvall. But most importantly, three minutes in, Eva Mendez uh, shows right abreast. You know I'm, a, a Rick, a big fan of women's rights, and this one especially is outstanding. <laughs> and Eva Mendez, uh, naked, three minutes into We Own the Night, it's new on DVD this week. Excellent. As always, a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Rick. Take there care. you go, Mr. Skin. You know, I know that he, like Hillary Clinton, is a polarizing figure. I know that there are people who don't like him. There are people in the audience who flat out loathe that guy. I know that. You know what? He's never on long enough for me to loathe him. Like. No, and I dig that guy. And plus, yeah. and because he keeps coming up with gems like, Rick, I'm a big fan of women's rights, and she does show her right one in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, how great is that? Come on. All right, ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Now, I wanted to hear this. Yahoo, which repelled Microsoft's attempt to take over, is now talking pretty to Rupert Murdoch. Apparently, they, they're considering letting him take a good chunk of them to avoid being taken over by Bill Gates, so pick your poison. Why would you not want to be purchased by Microsoft? I don't know. If Microsoft offered to buy, like, my lungs at this point, I would sell them to Microsoft. Seriously, Apparently, why? they prefer Rupert Murdoch. It doesn't make any sense it at all. It doesn't make any sense to me no, at all. A bunch of goddamn nonsense. Oh, listen to this. Is this bad? It's, it's bad, but it's amazing. Okay. A 51-year-old woman was killed when she was sucked out of a hospital entrance into a tornado. As horrified emergency room workers looked on. The woman was uh, seeking shelter at the hospital from a severe storm in Florida. The hospital staff advised the woman to stay inside the building, but she decided to walk out. Oh, well. She was killed when the tornado picked her up and sucked her away. Okay, well, you know, when the doctor tells you not to leave the hospital, you don't leave the hospital. Mm -hmm. I, that really, I felt really bad for her. Like, I, at first, it was, I thought it was, she was just sitting in bed like, well, here I am in bed in the hospital, convalescing. And then, the, and then the tornado comes up to the window, and then just whoosh, gone. But no, so she so they, she tried to walk out into a tornado. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what you get. Jesus, she'll learn. Cry me a well. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Meanwhile, from Tampa comes the word: their sheriff's department is reeling from a video that shows a deputy flipping a wheelchair-bound Brian Sterner from a seat and onto the floor. The incident occurred as he was being booked into jail for a traffic offense. Uh, Sheriff Spokeswoman Debbie Carter describes the reaction of the department and Sheriff David Gee. It is incomprehensible. It, it's horrific. We're appalled, and uh, the sheriff immediately initiated an the investigation. Sheriff. The sheriff initiated. Uh, Debbie says Brian Sterner deserves an apology. Mr. Sterner definitely deserves uh -huh. an apology, and we've not had the opportunity to talk to him as of yet. You know, a lot of people in wheelchairs are belligerent, too. <laughs> they don't think can get away with it. That's yeah. the thing. They block exits to things. They make you crawl over them. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. It happens on the max all the time. They take the, up all the room more than they need. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, so you're, the, the, the wheelchair people are blocking your way. They're getting all the... And they think they just deserve to take up all the space all the time. 
What about all the people who aren't in wheelchairs? <laughs> the unfortunate get all the breaks. <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay. And you know, well, never mind. You're yeah. right that they do seem kind of feisty sometimes. They are. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'd be cranky, too, if I had no legs. But, I mean, I'm... Doesn't mean you're not talking about the people with legs. You're, now, are you talking about people that you believe don't need the chair? That's correct, yes. Oh, wait, so you think there are fakers? Yeah. You think there are people who uh, are sitting in a chair? You know, my grandmother would do that. My grandmother uh, didn't need a wheelchair. I mean, she was old and, you know, feeble and whatnot. But she didn't need a wheelchair. She could pretend? Walk. No, it, uh, pretending is maybe... Pretending is maybe the wrong way to put it. Pretending is what one of those trashy moms does to their kid where they ask him to limp when they go into the welfare office. Oh, that's in the coove. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know? Pretend you're retarded for the next 12 minutes. My grandmother just didn't need a wheelchair, but she would sit in one because she knew it got sympathy for her. Uh, like whenever she would go to, um, she would go to see the Tonight Show taped every now and again, and she would always insist. She's like, no, 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 put me in a wheelchair before we go around the corner. Because if you're in a wheelchair at the Tonight Show, they take you right in. You don't have to wait outside in the sun. You don't have to stand out there. Uh, for like nine hours. If you're in a wheelchair, they take you right in and you get front row seats at the night show. And the thing is, you know that she wasn't old. She just didn't need a wheelchair, uh, but she would sit in it because she knew what got her preferential treatment. She was totally. She abused the system, is what she did. She gamed the system, my grandmother. Well, for one woman, the crown is in the bag after working at Macy's, which apparently in Utah is a grocery chain for more than two years. Erica Jansen has been recognized as the country's best banker. She was judged on speed, weight distribution, dress, and appearance last week at the National Grocers Association International Best Bagger Competition in Las Vegas. Bagger. Uh, she first beat a group of U.S. baggers, then outbagged the Canadian. Bagger. I barely knew her. Uh, bagging skills run in the family. What kind of things does she bag? Uh, groceries, apparently. What but her, her sister Emily run the competition three years ago, and her uh, brother... Brian also won a couple of years before that. So, so she works. Yeah, Macy's is a is a, yeah. It's like a. So it looks like it's spelled different. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's not spelled like Macy's. It's not like uh, like like Macy and Gimbel's. Mm -hmm. Um, but she bags groceries. So you're there and you're buying bananas. Yes. Or uh, you know, or cereal. And she won the grand prize of two thousand dollars for being a bagger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like, if I were to buy, uh, if I were to go to the supermarket, let's say, and buy a lot of. Um, Buy a lot of tea. Tea. She could do that. She could do that, yeah. She she, could, she'd bag your tea. She could be my tea bagger. Mm -hmm. You know, like just for that day. Like if I really needed it. You're such a child. Like if, I, like if I needed it done. It was all like, it was all just pushing the rock up the hill like Sisyphus to make that joke. Well, it was well worth the time, wasn't it? Hey, uh, let's hear from, uh, let's see, uh, whoever this person is. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, it's Hi. me, Pam, from Kinton. Oh, I'm sorry, with the demented father. Yes, yes, we heard but he's the good. Other day. Yeah. Is, you, is, is he feeling better now? No, no, it's it's, it's a permanent thing. But Let me ask you this. Is, yeah. it a, is, a, is it a progressive dementia? Yes, it is. So now, he does he live at home with you? Yes. My wife works with uh, folks that are uh, not all together there sometimes, so she heard that she was sort of curious about about that. Um so now is it uh, is, now he does he does now is that you by yourself you take care of him or are there people who come in and no do that? it's just me it's just me All mostly right. well I mean look at the upside he does apparently provide some background entertainment to these calls now and again by getting uh, you know by getting feisty yeah he and he loves he loves your show he loves everybody <laughs> number especially one with Tim. the demented especially right. Tim but um, hey Sarah hi hi hello. hello how are you celebrating Black Love Day 
Well, I'm drinking my black Diet Pepsi with wild cherry. Okay. Oh. And? and I can't drink alcohol. I'm diabetic. Oh. And... Wait, hold on. I thought people who were diabetic can drink. I thought people who were diabetic couldn't drink. They couldn't have sugar, but I thought they could have booze. Well, you know, booze turns into sugar. Well, doesn't... In your body. I say like I know anything about diabetes. <laughs> I didn't know. So if you're diabetic, you can't get drunk? That's when you really need to get drunk, except you get that news. No, 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 no. You're I, diabetic. I can, uh. I can get drunk, but it's not good, it's not good for my health. Well, it's not really good for life. As a, like, it's, like it's vitamins for Sarah. Well, I, have a, I have a friend who's diabetic, and he just drinks like vodka soda water. Like, yeah. maybe, so, sweetened. so maybe you should be drinking vodka, Pam. Maybe that's your deal. Vodka? Ah. I'm going to Ireland. Yes. Um, and I'm going to take a tour of the Guinness plant. You Excellent. Know? Maybe I'll have a dark beer. Maybe uh, that'll be part of my black love week or uh, whatever. All right. Then. But the other thing is I have a crush on Tim. Oh, uh, my. Hey, Tim. Yes. I have a crush on you because we both lived in New Hampshire when Sununu was governor. Oh, that's true, yes. And I live in Kenton, and you lived in St. John's. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't live there anymore, but I have lived there. Well, you know, you upgraded. I'm living with my dad. What can I do? Oh. You know, I have to live with him. Anyway. That's true. Yeah. So tell us, more about your, tell us more about your crush on Tim. And I used to be a slum landlord. But I sold the property in January of last year. So you'll have lot, you'll you. lots to Thank talk you. about. So yeah. you sold at the right time. I know. I was so lucky. I had all these people who wanted loans. I said, no loan, people. I want cash. Good for you. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I just adore you, Tim. I'll, I'll never you. be able to meet you because my medication is being adjusted. Oh. But, um, but just remember, there's a black woman in Kenton who really likes you. That is my turned day. on by your sexy, sexy manhood. Oh, baby. Well, your voice, too. Oh, thank you. Anyway, I got to let you go. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Well, that's appropriate for Black Love Day. It is. We didn't even ask for that. It just sort of appeared. Mm-hmm. Hi, Tim. How are you? We're here on KCMD Portland, the home of Black Love in Portland. Uh, the station that celebrates Black Love every day. I was going to say every day is Black Love Day. Uh, have I ever asked her what celebrity she most resembles? Ah, I should have no. done that I don't today. Think so. It would have been the day to do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, the last call was awesome. Yeah, no, it's untoppable. Yeah. Hey, before I get to the point of my call, I just want to say uh, I called in sick to work yesterday, and I was at home stuck watching crappy TV, and that uh, I barely knew her a bit. Yeah. They're using that on the people's court now. Just really? So you know. how, in yeah. what in what context? How do you mean? How does it happen? Content bumper. I barely know, you know. But, I mean, who is saying it? Uh, the, the host guy, the, the boring, not not the TMZ guy that is outside doing his little bit, right. but just the, the talk guy that explains. The guy who's know. sort of the narrative, the, narrow, the MC. Yeah, that cracks the bad jokes. And, yeah, and yeah. so when he says, like, you know, this man says so-and-so ran into his car denting the bumper. Bumper? I barely knew her. So that's the kind of thing? Exactly. Uh, you that's know, almost per- verbatim. Well, you know, here's the thing. What's interesting about that is you say not the TMZ guy outside. We have noticed that the... Mm-mm-er, I barely knew her. That has started to appear on TMZ.com pretty frequently. So maybe there's i yeah. uh, I'm just saying, maybe it's uh, spreading internally there. All right. Uh, hey, can you hear me all right? It's just starting to rain pretty hard. Yes. Okay, I'll make this as quick as possible. I got a couple disclaimers. Uh, oh, no, the rain is no, the rain is rendering you unintelligible. Sir. I can't hear through the rain. I can't hear you through the rain. Oh, come on. When has that ever happened? When have you ever been on the phone with somebody that you could not hear because it was Rain raining? Rain damage oh. your phone. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I've been hard. up since 3 in the morning. I don't know. Okay. Right. Maybe uh, it's anyway. not really raining, then. 
You might want to double check that. I had a dream about you and Sarah last night. Now, <laughs> disclaimers, no sexual things happened in this dream. It was not a sexual dream to Richie Bristol's dismay I was or any gonna, of your listeners. I was going to say I was, uh, I was just getting the... Uh, just getting the Marvin Gaye ready again for this. I'm sorry. This it room. was a little physical contact with Sarah, but it wasn't like that either. It was just a, ah. It Go was ahead, just sir. To amplify how boring. Uh, but I mean, what were we? Was. Well, you can't not tell us. So what? So Sarah and I were in your dream. What were we doing? Okay, I'm gonna get to that. Okay, here's the short story. Uh, don't ever go to sleep listening to the podcast because that's what I did last night. Is I went to sleep listening to the podcast, and in my dream I was kicking it at home, and you showed up at my door because you're talking about the other day how you're going door to door. Yes, sir. You shut up my door with a couple people and Sarah, and you're handing out some free goodies to me or something. And you're like, uh, and I've met Sarah around town, and she's like, oh, yeah, and like we're going to go cruise around. You should come with us. And I go with you guys. It's supposed, supposed to be a big night of fun out somewhere with the Emerson crew. And we all end up at some dude's house, you knew. And uh, funny, my, my coworker made a joke, like, were they just talking about Star Wars or something? And I couldn't really remember the dream at the time, but when it came back to me, he was right. You guys are watching, like, the Goonies or Return of the Jedi or something, and, like, getting into a big discussion about, about why me and Sarah sat on the couch, and she started to fall asleep on the couch and eventually left. And the only thing I can say is, like, you were at least a gentleman. I don't know why, because I'm a dude, but you, you felt it was important to walk me home, at least. So you did walk me home. Well, <laughs> okay. So really this dream is just kind of an accurate representation of our day-to-day -day lives, where I was a loser talking about geek stuff, and Sarah decided to go somewhere else and have fun. Yes, and uh, I was kind of—I think you felt bad that it was. So then I escorted you—I escorted you back home. Most of the way. Was I paid with a kiss? No, but we did shake hands, and it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Rick. Thank Best you. Ever. Bye now. What was that guy's name? Josh. Josh. Yeah, I don't know. Hi, Tim. How are you? Let's do another news story. And then do I get my black love? Yeah, and then we'll get. Yes, then I'll give Sarah her black love present. Well, the first baby boomer is now on Social Security, Kathleen Casey Kirschling. Born just after midnight, January 1st, 1946, cashed their first Social Security check yesterday. She is one of 80 million boomers born between 1946 and 1964 who lived through the Beatles, the Woodstock, a moon landing, and 9-11. As the first of her generation, she's become a poster girl for boomers applying for Social Security. She joins many notable boomers who turn 62 this year and become eligible. They include... President Clinton, Dolly Parton, Jimmy Buffet, Donald Trump, Steven Spielberg, Sylvester Stallone, and soon-to-retire President Bush. Well, there you go. Because we need more news about baby boomers. There's just not enough of that. I saw a free paper out today as I was sitting in the office that was Boomers and Seniors. Now, when you say free paper, like the Tribune? Yeah, one of those tabloid things. I guess it's a local paper that's Boomers and Seniors. But was that an article or was that the name of the paper? Name of the paper. Really? <laughs> there is a max of Boomers and, and Seniors? And it's all full of retirement home ads. Jesus. Hmm. Ugh. Do they all have, do the retirement <laughs> homes? Ferrari ads. Totally. Do the, do the retirement homes all have names like uh, the Touch of Grey? And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You know, uh, uh, the Queen's Mansion and Estacador, Clackamas County. <laughs> Hold on. And now everybody wants to talk about that woman who has a crush on you. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. You know, we were all shocked about three, four months ago when we started hearing stories about uh, Richie and the uh, exploits that he was performing. Yes. And now I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of months as we hear these exploits of Tim. Tim and his pimp stick. Tim <laughs> his, it is pimp stick Tim, and swagger his, of his, love or what have you. His pimp goblet held high. Yeah, he's got to keep that pimp goblet strong. Ladies love cool Tim, no doubt about it. Thank you, sir. 
All right, and a guy about sand. Then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Calls about sand. What's up? Hey, Rick. Thanks for making me feel really old. I didn't hear any of those ringtones. Really? Yeah, not, 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 not a one. If it makes you feel anybody, any better, Richie is apparently a 50-year-old man, apparently, like according to the results of that. So, you know, you got Richie to keep you company in your, uh, well, in your convalescent hey. home. Yeah, that's true. Hey, and my, my parents do get that Boomers and Seniors magazine. Really? What sort of things are in it? Uh, wheelchair ads. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, don't get me wrong. I know that I'm going to be old and infirm someday, and I'll be in an iron lung like everybody else. Three timeshare, you know, that kind oh, of stuff. God. And it, Jesus. But I mean, okay, never mind. All right. Yeah, one of the, the main thing I called about, you know, uh, you were talking about the stealing the sand of uh, Kuwait. Yeah. Can't we just send it to Haiti and say sprinkles? That's what I mean. Making sort of a topping for their dirt, their dirt yeah, cookies. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. Good idea, sir. Yeah, and uh, to get a uh, the the woman's uh, vibrations, isn't it usually two D cell batteries? No, 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 no. Hi. All right. There you go. Thank you. All right. We'll be uh, we'll be back after this. We have more coming up on the Rick Emerson Show. Is we celebrate Black Love Day right here on AM nine seventy. We come back. Sarah gets her Black Love present from an anonymous suitor. We'll look inside these bags that Richie just brought into the studio. And we'll have the top five mood killers in the house of Sarah Dillon. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That's right. That was me. I'm sorry. I was supposed to do that. Because now it sounds now it sounds like we're celebrating Black Love Day with DMX. Black Love Day. Uh, uh. Uh, let me hold. Are on. you let picking me it get up? This, are you ready? Let yeah. me get this rolling over here. Darling, you. That sounds better. I know you. I know I've been saying this about every song, but how great is this? I think well, every day, of course, is Black Love Day. I know you. The late great Sam Cooke. about this is I don't think there's anybody left who plays this anymore. I mean, here in Portland, I don't maybe K-Hits does. K-Hits might play this, but it might be too old for them. This might sound too much like an oldie for K-Hits to play, because they're very much in that 60s and 70s thing. And I don't think there's any oldie stations left. I think they've all gone away. What about the one that knocked us off the air? No. Is that gone? That gone. That gone long time. Really, I'm telling you right now, you got like a spare six, seven, eight dollars. You could do much worse than to pick up uh, Sam Cooke, the man, and his music. He also did, uh, you know, some more pop stuff. He did Twist in the Night Away. He did Wonderful World, which is like one of the best songs ever, ever recorded. All right, I can turn this off. Or I'll just listen to this all day. It is Black Love Day. 
being celebrated as only the Rick Emerson Show can do it. It's 503-733-2970. All right, uh, before we do anything else, Tim's coming back at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Sarah's top five mood-killing songs uh, we'll be playing later on. Uh, we can either do that in this segment or we can do it after the news. We'll uh, figure it out. Uh, these are the top five, so we can clarify in advance. These are the top five songs, not necessarily even songs you hate. but these no, are songs that I, that actually most of them I like. But if you were no, in, no if, I take that back. But I'm saying if you were at a guy's house and maybe uh, you were interested in him, he liked you, the lights are low, the wine is poured, he walks over to the record player, he picks up the needle, he looks over at you, arches an eyebrow, suggestively gives you that look that only means, let's get it on. And then he drops the needle, and then some horrible mood-breaking song plays. And I don't mean mood-breaking like achy, breaky heart. Yeah. I mean like a terrible, like a song that a guy very would... inappropriate. Or the, but a song that maybe a guy would, you could conceivably see him thinking it was a sexy song. It's nothing like way off, like off the deep end, like... But, you're, but this is like when Carl Click, you know, baby, I'm a want you or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, so before we do anything else, so from an unknown suitor, uh, come over here. You oh. have your black love present, Sarah. Okay. And then we have some, uh, then we'll open these things from Helen, the, uh, Helen, the, uh, the goat lady. There you go. A black love present? Oh, my God. Yes, it's a case of Easy Mac. This is the greatest slash worst yes. present ever. So, I knew you would like it oh slash be horrified by it. So, there you go. I'm going to have to... Carry it over here, slash yeah. eat it. It's a, it's a, I don't know how many are in there. How many uh, Easy Macs know. are in a case? Uh, let me open it. <laughs> let me open this it is so right now. I'm not leaving here, by the way. No, you somebody... don't want to leave that. That'll be that'll be no, gone. That'll, that'll be vanish. Gone. Yeah, it's an entire case of Easy Mac. That's someone who really does know you. Yeah, we're just getting a photograph of that. All right. Um. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let's get a couple of these. Uh, hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, hey, Rick. Hi. Happy Black Love Day to you. Happy Black Love Day to you thank and you. Sarah Dillon and Tim. Hello. Hi. Thank you. 48. Uh, really quickly, I wanted to ask you, you did the Max Brooks uh, interview, and yeah. I missed it. And I'm like two inches from the end of uh, World War Z, yes, so sir. I really wanted to hear that. Do you know which day I can uh, find that on? I think, hey, Richie, uh, were you here when I did the interview with Max Brooks, the World War Z guy? Were you here? Was that Joel Scotty who? Uh, I think we did excerpt that out and post it as an isolated uh, as an isolated, you know, like a, a, a whatever, a thing So that, that might be found at the, uh, at the uh, AV section of RickEmerson.com? Uh, probably or? not at RickEmerson.com. It's probably at 970.am because at 970.am we post podcasts, like the full show. But then also we'll take out, like if a band performs or we have some special, like Peter Chris, you know, interview or something. Uh, we post that as like a separate, you know, like uh, like its own thing, you know, standalone okay. bit. Uh, I do yeah. believe the Max Brooks thing is posted as a standalone, but if it's not, drop me an email. We'll get it posted as such. Okay, thank you. And remember, go north. Yes, indeed. Thank mm -hmm. you, sir. Bye. Bye now. I didn't thank the person, whoever the mystery person was. Thank you very much for me. They can't that. climb stairs. Uh, no, it's. I knew the, I knew what it was. I knew you would like the Easy Mac. How many of those are there? Forty-eight. Forty-eight. Boxes of happy easy days. Mac. Unfortunately, you know, I, I had to cut myself down to two Easy Macs. I was just going to say, you don't want to eat a whole lot of those. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, uh, I know that you uh, have a, an affinity of love for bacon. Yes, as all right-thinking Americans do, except for Tim. Yes, and I received a gift uh, last year that was just awe-inspiring, being a bacon lover myself. It was uh, the Bacon of the Month Club. <gasps> really? And you get two pounds of bacon from, like, all, all the artisan producers of bacon throughout the United States. Two pounds a month? Yep. Jesus. Like Arkansas bacon, you could get Louisiana bacon one month. 
It's just all throughout, like, oh, little artists and producers. Man, that is so... Uh, let me just tell you this, because I don't really talk about my birthday a lot, not because I'm, you know, I'm, I refuse to age. It's just because I'm not into my birthday for whatever reason. It's just not a thing. Um, but uh, my birthday's coming up in, like, a month or so, and... Uh, Laura's like, what do you want for your birthday? And because she likes getting gifts, and most people do. It's not like a woman thing, but most people lend you. And I just, my whole thing is, um, you know, I'm, we don't have kids, so I'm lucky enough to have, you know, a little bit of money to spend. And so if I want something, it's like I just, I've already bought it. Uh, I, I, if, if there's a gift that I want, the odds are I probably just purchased it. So, but she's asked me, she's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I, I can never really come up with anything. Um, and but maybe Make it of the month, the you, perfect thing. It keeps on giving all the year throughout. That is a thing I might go for. I might. Do you have any idea what it costs? Like ballpark? Um, you know what? I'm not in the office, but I'll get you the link because I have that information, and I will send that to you. All right, excellent. Yeah, Bacon of the Month Club. I might go for that because she won't buy me a John Wayne Gacy self-portrait, which is the only thing I really ask for. She keeps saying no. <laughs> I'm Seriously, I asked her, but I'm like, come on. I also found this great thing. Somebody sent me this link to a guy online who was selling a handwritten letter from Squeaky From, and I was just like, come on. You got a baby. Squeaky From. And she's just I'm not buying you serial killer memorabilia. So no matter how nicely I ask, uh, yeah, she won't. She won't buy me. There's another one that's like a rubbing of Ed Gein's tombstone, and she just she doesn't see the appeal there. So I got nothing. All right, thank Possible you. swine, though. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Excellent, wonderful. Yeah, bacon of the month club. The only thing I've really come up with, uh, other than other than bacon of the month and squeaky from, when my wife is because I mean, you know, it's, it's not like a big birthday. Thirty five is you know it's not like it's a huge one, not like forty or thirty. Uh, but she's like, well, you're going to be thirty five. What do you want? Here's what I came up with. And she didn't like this gift at all, because I get a lot of criticism for, you know, not thinking outside the box, not being very creative or imaginative. Let me ask you this, Sarah. What do you think about this? Okay. So she's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, well, you know, I said, I can't really think of anything. I, you know, I don't want a lot of stuff. I got, you know, like if I want an Xbox you're game, kind of I like probably a typical bought guy. it. Like if you want something, you're just going to yeah, go and I buy it. I already bought it, you know, and I don't want to make, and I don't want to be a guy making her buy me something just to do it. That seems like a waste. Um, so here's what I asked her to do, because she's notoriously bad at something. And so I have asked her for a behavior modification for my birthday. Um, that from March of this year to March of next year, there is a specific behavior she has that I have asked her to modify. Maybe not forever, just for a year. Like what? Here's what it is, Sarah. I'm glad you asked me that. That's kind of awkward. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Lara has this terrible, terrible habit. And I'm not saying it's terrible, like, just because it, I mean, it's a bad habit. And it's not like a dumb bad habit, like where, you know, she rolls the toilet paper under, I demand that it be rolled over. It's not that. It's that she is notorious for, like, when she uses the truck or the car, she will not just leave it with very little gas. She will leave, she will drive the car or the truck and she will drive it so low that the gas warning light comes on and then just bring it home and leave it in the driveway that way. Mm -hmm. So then when I turn on the car, it's not like she has to, like, keep it full. But when the gas warning light comes on, don't you just know that's when you add gas? You know what I mean? Doesn't that seem fair? Yeah, but I mean, that's... So here's what I've asked her to do. I've asked her to do this. Because cause what happens then is that, like, I'm, again, late for work. And it's always when I'm late for work. I will walk out the front door, go into the driveway, get into the car, turn the key, comes on. What happens? As soon as I turn on the car, the gas warning light comes on, mm -hmm. which means that in addition to being late and then I got traffic, I got to go get gas before I could even sit in traffic. So what I have asked her to do is this, that for one year, from the one year of my birthday to the next birthday, that if she uses the truck or the car, when she brings it back home to have it have 
a quarter tank of gas in it at least. That's my only reason. She doesn't have to fill it. She doesn't have to put half a tank in. I don't know. Like, you think that sounds like a good idea. It's a gift. But... It's a gift to me. Doesn't a gift mean that you are giving somebody something that they would really like? Mm. I'm not know. asking you, like, if you would like that no, for your No, I'm birthday. just saying it doesn't. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from, but that just seems kind of like It's a... creative. It doesn't really cost anything as such. Because, you know, cause, you know, we have the money together, and she'd be, you know, you have to put gas in the car one way or the other. No, but then it's just going to lead toward resentment because it's a habit, and habits are hard to break. And then you're going to get mad at her if she doesn't, you know, if she does do it, which she's been doing for years. I'm saying, though, she does truly love me, so you'd think it's a thing she would do. I don't know. I just think it kind of, it's kind of impractical. It's not imp- it's because not if, she's, if she's already... She has to put gas in the car anyway. Yeah, but if it's a habit that she's had for years and years and years... Then I'm helping her to break a bad habit. It's a gift for both of us. Okay. It's a, I just think also... you're asking for trouble. But see, then what is the point of her asking me what I want if I, if, if I, if I ask you... Really I'm not going to give them to you. She wants to give you a, a possession that she thinks that you'd like, or, you know, do something that'll make you happy, but... There you go. But it's a habit. Something that'll make me happy. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't really know how your dynamic works. I'm just saying I think that that's... It seems a little impractical. I'm just saying it's... What I, I want you to change something that you do that annoys me. A, that kind of starts it off on a negative kind of like, note anyway. I'm not saying... It's not just that it, like, annoys me. I'm saying... I'm saying it also is... Uh, it's troublesome. Like, it, it, it impacts my life in a negative fashion. So... And it doesn't require any additional money to be spent. Like, let me ask... Let, let me put it this way. Like, uh, like if... Uh, if for her birthday, she asked me for like a whatever, like some like a, a foot rub or something. Like if she said, "Look, kid, you know, for the for the next like that would be charming, right? Like if she asked me for a foot rub a week for the next year or something. Like I'm not saying everybody would want that, but if she said, for my birthday, I would like one foot rub every Friday night for the next year. Like I would say, okay, and that's the thing. I'm not even I'm not asking. She doesn't even have to touch me if she doesn't want to. I'm just saying. Have at least a quarter, and that. And the other thing is, but by you giving her a foot rub, it's not you changing some personal habit of yours that annoys her. Well, I suppose. I'm just saying it seems like it seems like it's easy and would make me happy. So therefore, it's impractical. Apparently, she just won't. It's something that's. I don't think it's impractical. I just think I think you just have to tread lightly if that's what you're going to suggest. Uh, what's the point of asking her for something if it's something I don't really want? Like in other words, it would be easy for her to go buy a George Foreman grill or something. But I don't really want that. So, all right. It just seems it's it's frustrating that well, the you one... Should ask, yeah, you should ask somebody else because... <laughs> okay. It just, <laughs> so the whole thing seems to be making you cranky somehow. I, uh, you know what it is? And here's why you're being cranky about it. I think you are. I think it's because you are, um, you're projecting and you're, you're thinking to yourself, what would I do if Rick asked me for that? I yeah, that's true. That's I don't really like to be asked to change. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. See, and I can. But I think that Lars is stra- like a strong woman too, and I'm I'm just trying to put myself in her position. I'm like, that's like, why I. Well, think... I do this little thing that annoys Rick all the time. That's why that's I think you're gift. being kind of testy about it because I think you're sort of going, hmm, how would I Sarah Dillon feel about this if like blank right, boyfriend? We should ask asked other. Me. We should ask other women if they think that it's a good idea if their boyfriend asks them to change a personal thing about them for his birthday. Just to be fair, I don't think I'm asking her to change a personal thing. As such, because again, if you drive the car, the truck, I mean, they take, they run on gas. I'm just saying, she does have this terrible habit of running it till. I mean, and it's till the light comes on, the warning light that says you are about to run out of gas. I'm just asking for a quarter tank. That's all. 
If you park the car in the driveway. Okay, let me get a you and me. Let's let's involve other people. Let's now see. it is like a fight between Sarah. Come I know. On. I'm like we keep asking Sarah, put me about gas it. in my truck. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, Brian. Just wanted to let you know I go through the same situation. I'm a line haul truck driver. I come home. I make sure all the rigs are full when I leave, which I got four of them. And I get a home off the road. I jump in one. It's empty. The next one's empty. The next one's empty. And the wife's got it down to the science where the yellow light comes on. And she says it goes 34 miles. And guess what? She pulls in the driveway and it's got 34 that's, miles. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Is, is My wife will drive the car, the truck. The gas light goes on. She leaves it in the driveway. And when I complain about it, she always says, well, when that goes on, it's still got like 15 miles left. A, I don't think it's true. I think that's just some crap people make up. How do you know how much longer it goes when the light is on, especially if it's a used car, which our truck is? Um, and secondly... That doesn't ease my mind because I'm paranoid about running out of gas. Because if you've ever run out of gas, especially in traffic, you are that guy and everyone on earth hates you. And you are the guy <laughs> on no the... no way to look cool after you run out of gas. No. Like, well, I knew it was running. And you you're know, the guy off. on the K2 newscopter. One motorist made everybody's morning a living hell by running out of gas like an ass. And, yes. and so, and again, I'm not saying spend 35 bucks a week to fill up the tank. And you know what? When I'm driving the car and it gets low on gas... I fill that bastard. I fill it all the way to the top. And believe you me, I can see your annoyance with it. I'm just I saying. I would be frustrated as well. And you know what? And it, it's not necessarily something that's going to cost her a lot of money. Maybe she only has to do it once, twice a month. That's what, $10, $12? Over a year, talking maybe a couple hundred bucks, which is what she would theoretically maybe spend on a gift anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm taking it out on the guy. Come on! All right. Then go ahead and tell her that the yellow light's on. Yeah. Thank you. She's in the car and you get yelled at for it. Just point it out. Look, honey, the light came on. All right, thank you, sir. I've been yelled at, too. <laughs> you're good luck. You're a good man. All right. <laughs> See, so good luck. Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Well, I'm just saying, if it is really the thought that counts with a gift, if really the deal is giving somebody something that they truly want that means a lot to them, this would mean a lot to me. Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick. Sir. Rick Emerson. Hi, you. Caller. Didn't you just receive a letter from said law? Asking you can never forget another specific holiday. Have I forgotten Black Love Day? Yes, yeah. or other holidays and what the consequences might be. Yes. And so said gas holiday might not be such a bad deal in your favor. I don't know what you're talking about. Forgetting the birthday? Yes, I know, but what is, okay, yes, uh, I did forget my wife's birthday, for which I'm still paying. Um, now, right. Okay, but so, so... you're just asking her not to forget to put gas in the car. That's what I'm saying. And you know what? It's, and it's, it's easy. Birthday, there's no reminder. The gas, little alarm comes on. Light goes, right. light starts blinking. It's not like it's a holiday. It's just a simple, let me saying. get down the highway without having to hitchhike thing. Costs like five bucks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. Thank you. All right, there you go. I don't know where that guy was on the I know. Show. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Mr. Emerson, how you doing? Oh, I know. What's up? <laughs> oh, come on. I don't sound that bad today, do I? No, how can I? Fine. How can I help you, sir? Okay, I was just going to warn you, before you expose <laughs> one of your wife's cute little foibles to the listening public, you know, yeah. <laughs> the little lady does this. The little lady. That's another way to make her yeah. really happy. Yeah. Call her the yeah. little lady. Well, Keep doing that. Before you do that, yeah. you should get a large bore handgun and aim towards one of your feet. It's, it's going to hurt you eventually. No, I've complained about this. Is not like a recent complaint. I've complained about this forever. She's she, um, she is awful well, about leaving gas in the car. Awful. Well, maybe she took the uh, advertisements too much to heart about how thrifty the Ford Focus is. No, well, 
That is entirely, but she does never tire. No, 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 you can drive it for a good hour if that light comes on. That's not really true. Uh, we'll do a couple more, then we'll break. Tim Riley comes back with the news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, hello. I just wanted to let Rick know that if uh, you let your car get down too low, too, it could mess up your fuel pump and your fuel filter. Because sediment gets into the uh, into the fuel pump. Yeah, that's right. And I'd let him know, too, that just about all women you know, forget to do that. <laughs> My all right. wife does it to me all the time. I'll let Rick know that. All right. Thanks, dude. All Thanks. Right. There you go. <laughs> all right. Um... Let's see. Well, let's do one more on this. Is Laura really? listening today? I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Uh, I never sound her ready. Great. Uh, let's do one more, and then we have to take a break. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hey. How you doing? What's up? Well, I was going to say, she just does it on purpose to piss you off, man. Come on. You know how they are. Yeah. Bitches, man. It really is hit. true. <laughs> she's doing it to piss you off, and look, you're on the air talking about it. So she's gotten to it. She wins. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Uh huh. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Right. Are you picking another Black Love song? I am. Uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna do a little random here. I think I'm gonna put in. Uh, I don't know. Four types of temptation. Something like that. I'll put in. All right. We'll type this in. All right. Am I up over there? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's entirely the wrong song. Well, damn. I've choked here. I have no black love song with which to go into the break. Hold on. Wait. Second. Um, Papa was Rolling Stone doesn't seem appropriate. Uh, <laughs> that, that seems like a really ill-advised uh, selection. Um, oh, oh, wait. Here we go. How about this? Okay, we'll take this one to the break. Let's see if I can get this to... Uh, hopefully this won't be the Honey Drippers version. Let's see. And it's there we go. Is this Phil Phillips? I'm not sure. I think this is Phil Phillips. I think that's who did this. Hmm. All right. Uh, back after this, Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Oh yes. All right. Uh, Tim's news. Sarah's top five mood killing songs, and uh, more of your phone calls. Say that's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Love Day. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. In moments, we have Sarah Dillon's mood-busting top five. This, however, is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man who turned his girlfriend into a sex slave gets 91 years in prison. That's no way to celebrate Black Love Day. Donald Allen Gosney has been convicted of sex crimes against his girlfriend. He also did eight years for turning his Multnomah County girlfriend also into a sex slave. Apparently, he was addicted to methamphetamine and threatened to kill her. 
They send out Farrah Fawcett and Ryan O'Neill, who knew they had one. His name is Redmond O'Neill. Never saw him before, but apparently he's been busted for DUI, yes, on PSH, where all the kids get busted these days. <laughs> he's uh, 23 years old, and he's the ugliest kid I've ever seen. <laughs> the end. Uh, Mel Gibson is off the hook. The judge told him today, you've completed your probation, oh. now you're on your own. You're on your way, way to success. Good luck. So, so that's with what? I don't know. Beating the rap, apparently. Apparently. Avoiding so. richly deserved jail sentences. And tax rebates will be in the mail by spring instead of summer. Excellent. So that's good news. So that's that. Uh, are you prepared to do the top five? I am right Let's now. Let's quickly do this uh, call first. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi there, Rick. Hi. Um, two things. Yes. Both concerning Tim. Uh-huh. First, I think the man has the sexiest voice on the radio. Oh, well, that is true. And secondly, uh, I don't know if you did it or not because I had to leave to go to the dentist, but um, I think Tim should... After he's been to the dentist, uh, interview the stain. <laughs> that's a really funny idea. In two weeks, have you interviewed the? Okay, that's funny in my. Okay, in my head, that's funny, which means it'll probably be funny in real life. It should be. All right. All right. Thank you. Tim, parting words for this fine caller. Well, I hope I set an example that everyone should go to the dentist so they can enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> Tim, you just have a beautiful, sexy voice. It's just that kind of dental talk you that gets the ladies my dentist. hot and bothered. <laughs> the dentist works hard to preserve that voice, ma'am. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, bye now. Good bye luck bye. at the dentist. <laughs> Here's your top five. Five, Genius. four, three, two, one, fire. I never get those kind of calls. You don't go to the dentist. Counting is one. Touche. Counting is more. Well, I'm going to start. That's all there is to it. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? And you too will learn how your luck will change after someone's been sticking things in your mouth all morning. You you don't say. Yes. Do tell. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to work with us. <laughs> it's fun. You know, I've, I've always been just 15 anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Really, I haven't progressed above that point. No. Right, Rick, Very well, you comfortable the, in that position. You should give the intro because I didn't write it, but you, you worded it the best. So these are the top five songs that, if played uh, in the moment... Would completely break the mood and necessitate Sarah leaving the house of a gentleman caller. Yes, and I don't necessarily dislike these songs. In fact, four of these six songs I really like a lot. You just can't play them when you're trying to set We're the mood. We're trying to be all wooey and like, oh yeah. Wooey. Um, she'd grab her mink stole and out the door she'd be. Exactly. So if he walked or if he sashayed or sauntered over to the turntable. Dropped gave, the needle. Gave you the special sex look and then dropped the needle. And then these songs came on, you'd say, uh, no, goodbye. And then you would leave. Even with a rose in his teeth. <laughs> Spread out a bearskin rug. Like Richie Bristol. Yes. Oh. But honorable mention going to heart. All I want to do is make love to you, baby. See, can't you... This is... And this, this is horrible because it's talking about, um, you know... What the sexist strangers, whatever thing. But then he eventually impregnates her. Yeah. And she's talking about how she's carrying around his little love child. That's what the song means, too. If a guy puts this on his own love, like, I want to impregnate you. Totally. Because they're basically just doing their making love to make her a sweet love child. And that's not what I'm interested in. <sighs> wow. And, you know, this is, I mean, 
it's not like I even really hate the song. I really, I kind of like the song. But in that moment, this song is so bad that it almost has to appear in a film at some point. Where, like, Jimmy Fallon like puts on the record player. He made magic that night. He did everything right. Mm-hmm. Oh. My husband's a eunuch. Will you please have sex with me? Jesus. Sarah's singing every word. You. Drag me into your shame. God, I remember when this was popular. This is um, this is Big Ann Wilson too. This is not and, skin again. And basically, if a guy puts a sign, basically like, just stay for tonight. Just stay for tonight. <laughs> Long enough for me to give you my seed. All I want you to do is bear my child. That totally sounds like, uh, like, like Conan the Barbarian. If you must take my seed. Ew. Hear the lamentations Jeez, of your women. So wrong. Here's Tim Riley. Number five, Marvin Gaye and sexual healing. I know this is kind of obvious, oh, but I know, but this is the done. worst song ever. This, I, 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 I can't believe that anybody finds this song a turn on. I know I'm like Mr. I think like, men in their minds find this a turn on for women. Maybe I know I'm like Lily White guy, but I can't believe anybody can take this song seriously. I don't think anyone can anymore. But even then, I mean, was there a time when sexual healing wasn't hideous? I don't know. It could be like some, some douchey guys talking all about his love of, like, blues and jazz. The 70s you know are really sleazy, though. I mean, people would take breaks from work and, you know, go do it behind the dumpster and then come back in. <laughs> Times haven't changed, Tim Riley. Yeah, oh, my goodness. <laughs> some things are constant. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I've, I've been with, like, little scrawny white boys who, you know, talk about their uh, great love of all music, and they've actually tried to play this. Oh, really? Like, like, you know, Marvin Gaye just, like, speaks from the soul. I'm like, ears Whatever. Full of it. <laughs> you really bitch. Shut my up. Brace is just getting caught my nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire today, Tim Riley. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. There's that song. Number four is Crazy Time for Butterfly. Oh, oh God, my God. Damn, really? And you can totally see this, maybe not him walking over to the record player and putting it on, but I can see this being on his iPod and like oh, it cycles just, through. Oh, and it just comes up in the inopportune. Right as he's like, right as he's unbuckling his belt, this comes on. <laughs> right, right. I just like this song so much. Right as, as he's undoing that button fly, this starts, this starts playing out of the stereo. Just knowing that someone even has this in their house and any form would make me leave. <laughs> owning this is like owning kitty porn. Just knowing it's in your home makes puts you off my friend. List for life. Absolutely. <laughs> if there's ever a crazy town CD in anyone's house, I am out of there. Oh, this is one of the uh, the as you said the douchey guys. This is one of the guys on Celebrity Rehab. Mm-hmm. I keep up praying that he'll die. That he'll overdose on something. Oh God. Sugar. Yeah. yeah. The song makes me angry. It does it. Is it one of those songs that you hate so much it makes you sort of irritated? I have songs like that. Oh, and the video is just so terrible. Like he's like new metal, like. Well, and he's got a lot of piercings. Like trying to be sultry, yeah. And like, you know he stinks. Oh yeah. This is one of those guys. You know he's he's like Amy Winehouse. You know he smells really bad. And you know he has like 17 children all over the country. <laughs> Back to the seed. He looks like one of those super fertile people. <laughs> super fertile. He wears a cape. <laughs> and I bet he whispers this to girls, too. Oh, man. Do you suppose if you were a guy like this who only had the one hit, you carry around an iPod with this song on it? Hey, do you know who I am? 
No. How about now? This and then he starts the playing. Wears it. his own band T-shirt. Totally. All the time. Exactly. I wonder if he would like carry like the iPod around with a little external speaker, though. Mm-hmm. Do I look familiar? No. How about now? And then he just like keeps eye contact with her while like, like turning on like Job style, turning on the, turning on the iPod. Oh. oh, we need to stop. We have to stop this okay. song. These are the top five mood-killing songs for Sarah Dillon. Number three, George Michael and Father Figure. Great song. Mm-hmm. Not a song you should play when you're starting to woo a woman. No. Especially if I'm a little younger than the gentleman caller. Put your head, tiny hand in mine. I will be your preacher, teacher. Anything you had in mind. Great song. Creepy song in a way. Yeah. This video is incredible. I haven't seen the video forever. I don't remember what the video the is. Biggest shoulder pads I've ever seen. Really? I said as though it turned me on. Like, <laughs> really? I don't have a lot to say about the song except that it's a be- it's a wonderful, great song. I like it a lot. Okay, a lot. here's the thing though. If it randomly came, up... I was just gonna say. Yeah, if it was on a random shuffle and it came up, that's fine. If someone came and intentionally put it this song, a footage. Can what I speak is, English? I was just gonna say, yeah. If you're with the guy and then this comes up in the background, you don't even notice probably. No, not at all. But if he's like, I'm going to set the mood. making like eye contact and walking over to the CD player. I'll okay. be your father figure. Come to daddy. Yeah, that's no good. All right, these are the top five mood-killing songs oh. for Sarah Dillon. Number two, Creed with arms wide open. <laughs> this is another I want to put my baby in you uh, song. Yeah, he's this, an impregnator. This is he's the impregnator. The impregnator 1000. You can tell just when men want to sow their seed. And make <laughs> you are so horrible. I'm serious. No, it's true, but I mean, it's accurate. I'm you just can saying. tell when guys are just like humping anything in sight they just want to make little them. <laughs> no, I, you're horrible because you're everything you're saying, I just know instinctively to be true. Like, as soon as you said this guy just wants to. Like, when you said that one guy was super fertile, I didn't even have to think about it. I went, yep. You are absolutely right. Okay, this is the same. If anyone has any Scott, Scott Staff anything in their house, I am out. Jesus. There was never a good period for Creed. No, in fact, back by KUFOs, by the, by Becca's desk, there's a huge Creed, like, award or something still in there for, like, playing 10 million songs of theirs. And this guy is just such... Oh, he so rubs me the wrong way. I hate all his lyrics. I hate the music. I hate his voice. He's a guy that you know it's an inevitability, though, that he'll turn up on a reality show. Oh, you know absolutely. it's true. You know it. And he's one of these douches, like, feign deepness, and you can tell, like, his lyrics <laughs> sound like he has a heart, but he really doesn't. When did douche become, like, a word for a-hole or jerk or, you know, schmuck? I don't know. Because, you know, like, if you go to Bath and Body Works or something, you buy, like, shower gel, and it's like, you know, it's just like peach shower gel or whatever, but then in French, it's like, oh, peach douche. le douche. <laughs> El Duce is somebody else. I think El Duce was Mussolini, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm going to rub that Mussolini all over myself. Oh, we have to be done with this song. Okay. Top five mood-killing songs for Sarah Dillon. Number one, Boise Man, and I want to make love to you. Oh, yeah. I know this is a given, but you can always think when you're talking to somebody about listening to you know, like early 90s music, oh, like, oh, don't you remember Boys to Men? And you're like having a great time. All of a sudden, this song comes up. Jesus. They think you have something in common, and then it's just really creepy. I've met a lot of really strange men in my life. Yes, you have, Sarah. How many of them have been in Portland? What percentage? 80? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Close your eyes, make a wish, and we should also give special uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Loved by women everywhere. Um... We should give special mention here to R. Kelly's Trapped in a Closet, which you almost played. I really, really wanted to play that. But it's not as good without the video. No. you got to hear that Weird Al parody. you got to hear the Weird Al version. It's like a solid 11 minutes long. 
It's called Trapped in the Drive-Thru. <laughs> and you think it's going to be dumb. You're like, Trapped in the Drive-Thru. Ha ha. It, it's not just a joke that it's like Trapped in the Drive-Thru. Like, it's more than just a title joke. It, it, it just, it's hilarious. It may be the single best thing Weird Al's ever done. It awesome. may be like his masterwork. you got to set aside ten minutes someday and listen to Trapped in the Drive-Thru by okay, Weird Al. Okay, okay, I will. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Wow, this is creepy. I, I think... Look, I don't mean to sound like a hopeless prude. Are you put off by the phrase, make love, when it's in songs? Yes, yes, and yes. And in life. Let's make love, Sarah. That's not me. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's just... It sounds... Why is that not like what it is? Is that just you and me, though? Because you and I are similar in some ways like that. We find the same thing sort of off-putting. I think it's just, you know, people trying to fancify what they want to do. I think that's it. It's... As my friend Kurt would say, dressing up, effing. Okay, we've got a break. All right, uh, how long will we have when we come back here? We've got some calls. Um, like a minute. All right, well, we'll try More to figure out. break now. All right, let's break now. Bye. Well, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Bad? I don't know whether I should say it on the air or not. Yeah. Is that who you're saying? Is that the only other one? Um... What do you think? Gut check. Should I should I shout out or not? I mean, to our friends who just yeah, just give a shout out. Well, okay. So we're gonna give a little uh, a little it shout sucks. out to uh, some friends of ours, uh, Mike Turner, uh, Shell Bailey, Gavin Dawson, who were who were at Intercom, who were at Intercom until yesterday. Uh, they are no longer with the firm. We they've feel your been, pain. Uh, they've been asked to leave. So um, anyway, so Mike, Shell, Gavin. Uh, so that sucks. Sorry about that. Um, and uh, and I really do. And I, as, as much as we sort of poke fun at other people and whatever, uh, radio is... We are is, all a radio community, you know? Radio is fun sometimes, less fun other times. So uh, anyway, so to those who have entered the suck, uh, sorry about that. And, uh, you know, it would be it would seem corny to do something. You'll land on your feet. But anyway, but uh, anyway, so, so best of luck. It might take you 11 months. You'll find something. Hey, wait, wait to be an up, Sarah. No, I'm trying to... Because now we're happy, but I mean, we went through a very dark period. That is true. Almost a solid year. Mm-hmm. Almost a solid year. Staring at the floor. So, uh, anyway, uh, so you're not alone. So, sorry about that. So, that sucks. Uh, do we have time for a call? Yes. All right. We have one call. Uh, should we? Because remember, you always regret the last call. My wife's present, the top five, or a brilliant idea? Brilliant idea. Hello? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, you're brilliant. That's a great idea. And, what? Uh, what? As far as for your present. Oh, yeah, the gas thing. Yeah. And See? honestly, you, brilliant. has she pointed out any of your flaws? Oh, many, 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 many and, thousands and of times. You're, you're just pointing out one small flaw. So if she gets angry about that, then that's really, see, really Sarah, you're unfair. wrong. Today, the final call of the day was wonderful. All right, I'll talk to you in six and, months and see how that's going. Uh, quick other thing. No, with Gavin. Rick. No, we, no, have, no, to, we no, have to go. No, no time to be I fair. Sorry. I ruin that call. <laughs> All right, he's going to end on an up, sir. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Richard Bristol. Susan Bridget. Everybody keeps us together. Dave Zins, the gatekeeper tomorrow. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Choir. Like us next. Watch out for snakes. I'm huge. I regret nothing. I just kept eating and eating and eating. I... Do you have something to play here at the end? No, do you? I'm sure I could find something. Ah! <laughs>